This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. And gentlemen, the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. He'll be found on the mountain. It's time for Inside the Gamecock, the show. By the Barnabinium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Touchdown, Carolina! Touchdown, Ace Sanders! Pressure! Penny just dives in! Good morning, welcome back, and happy new year. Inside the Gamecocks, the show live on the Chief Sports Network has returned after a couple of weeks off. Our hiatus is over. Back to work for all of you. JB and Phil, JC, believe it or not, and you probably can believe it, is sick. And no, it's not from alcohol. It is actual <laughs> sickness. Uh, we have decided uh, that's okay. He can take today off and try to get back in line for tomorrow. So, he doesn't work one day and then be off the next two. He's struggling. and um, But um, it was a heck of a time and down in West Palm celebrating him. All of you that are just tuning in only to see JC, we're sorry to let you down. We've filled his spot with Hale McGranahan. And, of course, Mike Morgan will join us later on. But, yep, yeah, Phil's here. I'm here. We're here until 2 o'clock, and we're proudly served by Chicken Cock Whiskey and thankful that they have turned 
into the new year with us. Chicken Cock Whiskey, you can find it anywhere near you by using the Chief Sports app and click on the Chicken Cock Challenge button. Well, of course, we're built by the Barndo Code, the barndominiumcode.com, where you can build your dream home for as low as $160. That's it. Yep, $160 per square foot. Now, not total. Uh, if you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or if you live in Tennessee. And we are always live in the Sinorama studio. Sinorama.com, the preferred sign partner of the Gamecocks. Uh, hopefully, it's going to be a great 2024, and we hope all of you had a wonderful Christmas and a very happy New Year. It's been a while. I think December 21st, Phil, was the last day that we were on the air. Um, so everybody is now through the holidays, and and hopefully you all were were blessed, and, and everything was just beautiful. We, we're so glad to have you back, and uh, we will be rolling right along. College basketball, of course, is beginning to take center stage one more game in college football will be played next Monday night, the national championship. And it will only be the third time in about 20 years without an SEC team in it as Michigan and Washington will play for the whole shebang. We'll get into a lot of that Gamecocks with a huge, huge game coming up on Saturday at Colonial Life Arena uh, on the, the men's hoop side of things. We'll get into some of that, of course, uh, we've got a love Chevy drive around the SEC. Of course, we know Carolina is still dealing with the transfer bug, as is the rest of the sport. Uh, we'll talk about that and uh, the portal and recruiting and all those type things as well. But um, without further ado, the man himself, Mad Dog. What's up, brother? Oh, good to see you. Again, not in person, but in the screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's nice to be back. We had a great little break. Uh, wonderful Christmas on this end, and then headed on down to Florida for what seemed to be longer than it really was, <laughs> but had a great time down there and enjoyed everything, all the wedding festivities. And good to see you and Mike and everybody back in the flesh. Uh, it's far, it's not often enough that we all get to be together like that, so it, it was no. good to have everybody together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was that was neat, um, to have you and jc and mike and uh bill gunner it was down and um and of course whittle and and so many so many great people down there it was it really was a blast uh, we, we had a lot of fun and um my trip was much shorter than everybody else's i flew in on friday and flew back on sunday the rest of you i don't know how y'all did it uh getting down there earlier and staying longer but <laughs> Glad we you all made it out early. We we came back on New Year's Eve at just enough time to make it back to uh, to grab the kids from all the from their their two separate places and and make it back home for the ball to drop, which was fun. But uh, uh, including a blowout on twenty six, which was not fun. Uh, oh no! Did speed. you really? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! Our driver side, yeah, driver side rear. Uh, we were on three eighty five. Actually, we had just gotten on three eighty five coming into Greenville. And uh, hit something in the road that we didn't see, and the tire just blew. And that was fun, keeping it in the road. Fortunately, it was just me and my wife, and we made it out of there safely. But, whew, <laughs> we were that close to home, man. <laughs> you had a spare? You had a spare? I had a spare. Oh, yeah. I had a spare, but we didn't have a jack or any tools to change the tire. <laughs> I know, because they had been taken out the last time she'd blown a tire in the van and we're not put back that uh, I'll, I'll take that on me. That was probably my fault, but wow. Yeah. We got I, through it. Yeah. I didn't realize that all had transpired. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad, glad you're alive. 
Yeah, man, we're good. That was, yeah, that's crazy, man. You almost all the way back. Good thing that didn't happen down like in, in the middle of nowhere in Florida. Uh, how was ninety five? By the way, you know ninety five. I, I think we, I think we really benefited from leaving on the thirty first and not staying until the first. Yeah, because we made that call. We're like, you know, let's just get the heck out of here. We got yeah. ten in front of us and it'll probably be easier today than it will be tomorrow and and we were right it wasn't all that bad coming up on new year's eve i'm sure 24 hours from then we're just going to be a nightmare <laughs> yeah i last year i drove back from jacksonville on new year's eve day and it took three hours longer than it should have and i just had to go from jacksonville to charleston that's why i said nope i'm fine i'm not doing it i'm not <laughs> driving all the way down to west palm beach on 95 near new year's no way no, I don't blame uh, you. Uh, it was fun. There's no doubt. And um, JC, uh, hopefully, will be feeling better to be able to hop in tomorrow. He probably could have squeezed it today, but no point hey. doing all that. Uh, he's 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 struggling. Yeah. So uh, him, need to push it. yeah, they were they were he, bad. Man. Yeah, yeah, they got sick. Uh, Hamilton Granahan will be here in ten minutes, and then Mike uh, is up in uh 40 minutes a reminder by the way and we'll talk to hale about some of this uh, at four o'clock this afternoon so less than five hours you've got the under armor all america bowl being played down in orlando six gamecocks are on team fire and because uh, you got team fire versus team ice dylan stewart cam pringle jalua solomon michael smith dante reno debron gatling and punter Mason Love, who we've actually had on our program before, they'll all be uh, playing at 4 o'clock today for Team Fire in the Under Armour All-America Bowl. So if you want to get a glimpse of the uh, future of uh, Gamecock football, you, you might be able to find it with uh, with that group of, of pretty good players right there. Or seven, that's seven, right? I said six. We'll see. Well, now, wait a second. Love, that's, yeah, Reno, Michael Smith. Michael Smith. Yeah, that's it. Seven. Yeah. Okay. Yep, and then Josiah Thompson plays in the U.S. Army All-American Bowl on Saturday. And I think that game is on NBC, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that'll that's eight players, I believe, in total. Carolina had four in the game last year. Um, I know Desmond Umiazulu was in that game. Uh, Marquis Anderson was in that game, and I'm missing a couple for whatever reason. But, um, but uh, hopefully all these guys will be able to play together moving forward. And um, so we'll get into a lot of that with Hale here just a little bit. Of course, yesterday or last night, we uh, got the news officially that Cam Sandlin and uh, Pup Howard are transferring out of the program kind of at the final hour when you could still do it. Uh, Pup headed probably back to the state of Florida, at least from what I'm told. Probably keep an eye on the Gators here. Good chance you might see him in the future, as a matter of fact, uh, back in Williamsburg Stadium, just in a different uniform. Um, We'll we'll get into all that with Hale uh, certainly, and and find out what where they're going to try to fill his spot. I, I'll I'll say this: um, I think that based on the information I've got, and we'll allow Hale to really dive deeper into it, though, Phil. I think this is something that, that they've kind of been anticipating for a little while, and we've heard the rumors. Um, never really needed to address them because at that point in time, it. There was really nothing to address. I mean, there's nothing to address till something happens. Well, it's happened now, um, and it looks like they were. This staff was pretty prepared that this was a, a possibility. Now, the Cam Sandlin thing, I, I'm not so sure about. Uh, that was certainly news to me when I heard it last night. Uh, but uh, both of them departing the Carolina football program. 
and uh, looking elsewhere. The linebacker position, though, of course, got good news only just a couple of weeks ago um, mm-hmm. with Bam Martin Spock, Scott coming back and, and, and Debo Williams uh, coming back, team's leading tackler. You could probably make the argument they were going to be the two best linebackers next year, but they have been hit with depth. I mean, Stone Blanton leaving. You can't argue that. Stone Blanton leaving and um, and now Pup Howard leaving uh, certainly is is – from a depth standpoint, they got they got to find a way to fill those roles there. We'll see what the future of Mokaba holds. You know, just don't know, right? I mean, no, no I, I mean, and, and you know, yeah, we'd leave for break, and you know, the one position group you're like, oh, we don't really probably have to worry about this is linebacker, and then <laughs> you come back, and now it's like, oh go. my gosh, well, who all can we get out of the portal? Not, yeah. not to fear, and Hale will fill us in on this, but there are uh, there are linebacker transfers that will be, I believe, one will be on campus. Today, today's Wednesday. I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The third start rolling in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, look, that's yeah. I mean, there's they're they're better than where they were a couple of years ago, right? But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it still hurts. And and the Mo Kaba, you know, I, I again, he's a guy who we know he's talented, but I mean, we you can't you can't put any eggs into that into that basket right now. Jerron Willis, you can uh, the transfer from Ole Miss who came on at the end of the year, you can make the argument that your starters will be returning. Uh, but again, they're going to need some depth. So we'll, we'll, we'll get Hale to fill us in on some of the names that are kind of creeping out up on that. Uh, the Nana Sports chat box is alive and well, and probably should be since we've been gone for a couple of weeks. So it's great to have all of you in there. And uh, we'll try to get to as many questions as we possibly can. I'll also say this. I'm a little rusty. I had not been here for two weeks this morning. I was sitting here trying to remind myself, how do I, how do I prepare all this paperwork? Um, and all the things that we do yesterday, we were working on, uh, production for six hours. And my head wanted to fall off my shoulders. Uh, you forget <laughs> Phil sometimes how difficult some of this is. So usually it's smooth around here, but if we, uh, if we, if we fumble it a bit, uh, Meh. I don't know. Yeah, that's all right. First show yeah. back, you know, there's, there's gotta be grace and mercy today. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, that's, that's going to be the plan. Um, <laughs> Right now, currently, when you talk about the transfer portal, again, kind of teeing some things up that we're going to get into it with Hale a little bit. But So the SEC, of course, is going to 16 teams with the additions of Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, Clemson would make 17 teams, not in the SEC, uh, but would make 17 teams when uh, of this group of opponents that Carolina would play, minus Carolina themselves, right? So 16. Uh, so when you look at the 16 opponents that will make up the Gamecock schedule every year moving forward, the SEC schedule plus Clemson, not including the non-con guys, just talking about the Tigers as their rival and the the other 15 teams that will join the Gamecocks in the league, 14 of those 16, when you take the overall ranking, I'm talking about portal slash high school JUCO recruiting, are in the top 27. <laughs> Whoa. So, you know, what does that tell you, right? Like, you, all of them are losing. If you see how many players Georgia's lost? You know, the, the, everybody's losing players every year. The portal is going to, to bite everybody every year until they fix this, and they're going in the wrong direction. Now they're letting you transfer twice without slowing anything down. So there's no end in sight in the foreseeable future, uh, at least as it stands today. Um but so, you know, you're going to have to do a couple things here, right? You, you have to keep signing talent or you're going to get your rear end kicked. Um, by the way, Vanderbilt's at 39. So hats off to them for, for bringing in a bunch of players 
and trying to get things back on track after losing as many guys as they've lost. Uh, and then development. And, you know, if you if you watch what we just watched in the college football playoff, um, Phil, bowl season largely to me has been a dud um, because of the amount of opt-outs and transfers. It's really killed it. It's crushed it. And, and, and my big, bold statement is we're going to a non-existent bowl season. That's coming because this can't sustain itself unless there are major changes. But we're on the road to where these things are going to not be able to be played anymore because ratings are going to start going. There's people like me who are huge bowl guys, huge bowl guys. I love bowl season. I cannot tell you how many days this bowl season. I have just forgotten there's games being played. I haven't watched. Yeah, I've I've been in the same boat. I mean, especially like with – like we had a busy holiday schedule and then coming out of the holiday for the wedding and everything. And if it wasn't a big top tier matchup, I wasn't tuning in. Yeah, I mean, I just, exactly. you know, I mean, there really wasn't any it's reason sad, to, isn't it? you know, yeah. I mean, I love matching through the middle of the week in the fall, but you know, it's, it's not going to get me to, <laughs> it's not going to compel my eyes for three hours and in, in late December. Sorry. No, um, I know. And I hate it, you know, but, yeah, it yep. used to. Yeah, because it used to be two full teams going full strength, and 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 now you're getting. God, you're lucky to get seventy percent of a of a starting roster on some of these, especially the power five teams. I mean, those older players are gone. They're either in the transfer portal or they are getting ready for the draft. Yeah, yeah. There, it's 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 killing bowl season, and and so it's going. Away. Look, it's going away. All right, unless there is a major fix. It is going away, ladies and gentlemen. They, they, these get these games, they're not going to have the ratings. When you don't have the ratings, you don't have the money. We know exactly how that works. It's, it's media, all right? <laughs> when you don't get the ratings, you don't get the money. ESPN cannot turn around and sell all these things as a big package when there ain't no eyeballs. So I'll be anxious to see what a lot of that looks like uh, down the road. And, and you're getting a lot of teams who are – these are blowouts. I mean, this is insane. Like, that, the, the Georgia – Kirby Smart at the nail on the head. Like, what are we doing here? This is there's no reason that that game should have been like that. But then there's another side of this. We we've watched some teams that you've like. Look at Washington. Washington right now is is they're in the national championship. They are very well coached and developed. People are forgetting something too. So is Michigan. Michigan has not had the number one recruiting class every single year. But boy, they play they they struggled in special teams the other day. There was some sloppiness, but overall, when you watch them play the game, how well they tackle, you know, like how well they're coached, their eyes, and this that development still very, 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 very much matters in college football. It's not just about plug and play. Like you've got to be able to develop players in order to make some sort of an impact into your football program, and that's a lot of where Carolina is going to going to be going with this. I, I don't know if there will be anything happening with the staff or not. I mean, I've been led to believe there will be at some point in time, but um, that wasn't the point of the conversation. The point is, like, you can't just sign players anymore because players can just leave like that, and then they can leave again like that. So you've got to be able to develop, and when you do sign guys that you have to plug and play, Phil, you've got to be able to coach them, and they have got to be able to develop. Development now matters as much as it's ever mattered, Um, and it matters sooner. You used to develop guys over two in three years, in four years, and there's still some of those guys, but it's not like it used to be. It's just not. So when you bring a guy into your program, you got to be able to quickly engage and get him going and get him where you need him to be. And uh, so, you know, th- my point with saying all that is 
all of these teams, as Mike Morgan often says, they're signing the same talent. So are you filling your needs and are you developing? And at the end of the day, that's really what it's going to come down to. And um, we'll see. Carolina so far has has done a pretty good job of that this in this offseason. Last year, not so much. Uh, but um, somebody who knows a lot more than that about that than I do is Hale McGranahan. We will step aside for a quick timeout. The Big Spur, the Big Spurs talented. Uh, what wait? What did we? What was his old nickname? Owen. 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 That's right. We'll re- redo this. The Big Spurs. Yeah, Owen McGranahan. Is <laughs> up next on IDG. We'll be right back. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned and operated. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecocks great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend, a career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres. Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing, and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call him at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup's Swing Shop. Play ball. Saturday is going to be fun at Colonial Life Arena. The Gamecocks and Mississippi State both right now by Joe Lenardi in the tournament. 10 seed, 11 seed, a huge matchup to kick off the SEC basketball season. More on that in just a little while. Mike Morgan joining us at noon, and he will certainly be a part of that conversation. But we've missed this guy. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to Hale McGranahan, one of the best to cover the Gamecocks and covering 
has been a day and night job for you lately, especially with this transfer portal stuff. Hale, thanks for all the hard work. Hope you had a good New Year's, man. Yeah, appreciate the kind introduction. Thanks for having me back on with you guys, and always a pleasure being here. Well, all right. Let's get to the latest news. Um, so last night we, we, we find you, you put out a, an article that uh, both Pup Howard, Cam Sandlin departing the program. What's, what's the latest on that? And uh, what is the late? It, it, just based on what I'm, the way I'm reading this, it looks like this staff was prepared for the Pup Howard possibility of leaving. It looks like they, they've been moving quickly to, to replace him on the roster. So what, what you got? Yeah, Pup. Uh, officially entered the portal last night, a couple hours before uh, the deadline. Uh, he His name appeared, and it was something the staff had been dealing with, him considering going into the portal for at least a couple of weeks. And the decision went back and forth. You know, he decided he was leaving, decided he would stay, decided he was leaving, decided he would stay. It, it went back and forth a few times. And the from from what I was told, the the final decision that he made was, um, I guess, December thirty first, New Year's Eve. And coincidentally, that was the same day that Florida linebacker Scooby Williams announced he was going into the portal. Um, hmm. There was a point when when Pup indicated to the staff that that he thought he should have played more this past season. Right or wrong, uh, you know, there, there was a point after Stone Blanton announced he was going to the portal when Pup told the staff that, that he was he was going to stay. And then, then again, like I said, that, that changed. I don't know if it's coincidence. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Uh, that, that changed on, on the 31st when, when Scooby Williams uh, announced he was leaving Florida. Was he home? Was Pup home, or was he in Columbia during the years? I, I believe he's been home for the last couple of weeks. I, I I don't know for sure, but yeah, I, I think he was at home. Yeah, I and I don't want to. I'm not. Uh, I know nothing about this. I've talked to Pup Howard one time in my, in my whole life, so I don't I don't know any details. But there seems to be, uh, and this is not a this this is not a South Carolina issue. Hale, if, I think if we once we get through all the portal period and we get to the summer and, and we all have some downtime, which we don't, but if we did and we really found a way to dug into this, which there is no way to dig into this, you'd find that a lot of these prospects, they go home during the holidays and things happen. Uh, you know, I mean, the Marshawn Lloyd situation was a different one, but it happened like Stone Blanton. I mean, you could keep going on. I'm just naming Carolina guys, but I mean, look across the country. A lot of these dudes, they leave, they go home for the holidays. And they don't come back. Or they go home and they realize how much they miss it, and then they decide to transfer. So I guess moving forward, they need to put an NCAA rule in that will not allow kids to go home for the uh, holiday season. I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't mean that at all. I can. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, JB. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe if you make a bowl game and don't give the guys much time to go back home, that that could kind of helps, uh, right? Get some of that. Oh, is that is that is that how you do it? Well, nobody uh, probably not. Yeah, yeah probably it didn't work not. Year. Yeah, <laughs> lost Lord no, and <laughs> Yeah, I, I see some people chiming in on, on the chat, and um, 
Clayton White is the linebackers coach. Each position mm-hmm. group on on this football team and any football team at the Power Five level has analysts and GAs who are there to assist with the coordinators and the assistant coaches. So while Trey Money, who who is an analyst, does help with the linebackers, Clayton White is the linebackers coach. There, that that's part of the deal with 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 support staff guys like Trey Money or. Joe Bowen, who who was in his position before he took the linebackers coaching position at Miami of Ohio, like those guys get to do things that that the normal coaches do. That's a part of the training. That's a part of the job. Like so, I I, I thought we we were able to put that little narrative to bed a year ago, but uh, apparently some folks in the chat uh, are are still confused by it. So it's anyway. Yeah, sorry. No, it's all it's it it's okay. Well, it's, uh, hey, look, I can understand why some people are confused at times too, because I don't even know who coaches who f- from here and there. I mean, you get a lot of these guys. I mean, the way that they, like you just said, the way that they have all these analysts and off-field roles and and this, that, and the other, uh, it can be confusing. You hear rumors and then you kind of run with them, and that's what leads us to where we are. Those developed narratives, as you just pointed out, and that's kind of where some of this goes, but. At the end of the day, they got to find some players. Um, right. Now they did. Get, let's let's not get totally lost in it. Right, just a few weeks ago, the news that Debo Williams is going to be returning, Bam Martin Scott's going to be returning. But that's those are both one year rentals. You got one more year of both those guys, and then they're they're gone. Uh, so the future of the linebacking core, Mokaba coming back from another injury. I don't know how much can you can you really trust that. Pup Howard was going to be a centerpiece of this thing in the long run. He's gone. Uh, Stone Blanton still had a couple of years left. He's out of there. Uh, Jerome Willis has some time to play. They've got some great young guys that they've signed, uh, but it does feel like they're still going to need some more depth. And, hell, if they're going to impl- end up playing more of that 3-4 or at least have that kind of be part of what they do, um, they're definitely going to need more guys. So what's the latest on that front? Uh, as far as what where they're going schematic-wise, is that what you're asking? Transfer, uh, transfer name. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, transfer. Yeah, they've they've got a few guys lined up to come in this week. Uh, they've got a linebacker from Pittsburgh, and, and I'm not 100 percent sure how to pronounce his first name, but it, it's like Bengali Camara, because okay. uh, a multi-year starter, pretty productive player. Uh, he's he's coming in. I believe it starts today. Uh, starting tomorrow, they'll have a guy in from Charlotte, Demetrius Knight, who began his career at Georgia Tech. Didn't play a lot at Tech, but but he played a lot this past season at Charlotte. Had about 96 tackles, total tackles. Um, so a, a productive and, and pretty good player uh, for, for them this past season. And, and both guys, from what I understand, can run. They're, they're fast for, for linebackers. Is, is That's been kind of where South Carolina is looking to go to, to replace these guys that, that they've just lost because they want to get faster. And and from what I understand, both those guys have that trait, and and they're hoping that they can they can get them on board and and move forward and see what this thing ultimately looks like on the field um, here in a couple months once spring ball gets going. What's what about the, this kid from Arkansas? Uh, what what's his what's his deal? I mean, obviously, clearly he has a connection with multiple staff members at South Carolina. He's got to. What do you know about him? Yeah, it's uh, Manny. I think it's Powell. Manny Powell. Yeah, he uh, 
he's played mostly special teams at Arkansas. They Arkansas has had some really good linebackers the last couple of years. I mean, Chris Paul, uh, different Chris Paul, who is now committed to Ole Miss or signed, whatever. Uh, he's transferring there. There's another linebacker in the portal right now from Arkansas, who I think Jaheim Thomas is his name, who's uh, really highly sought after. So while this guy didn't play a whole lot defensively, uh, he, he was certainly backing up some good players and uh, played. I mean, he appeared in 21 games, I think, as a freshman and a sophomore. So while he won on the field a lot for, as, as a defensive player, as a linebacker, um, they thought enough of him to get him out there on special teams. So, you would certainly want to, if you're South Carolina, you certainly want to bring in guys who are experienced uh, and have played a lot. I think that's probably safe to say that's going to be a priority in addition to, you know, guys who can run. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's sort of the, the background on him from, from what I know so far. The very talented Hale McGranahan joining us. It's 11.33, our first day back uh, from break here on Inside the Gamecocks. Uh, the show presented by our friends at Gamecock Traditions, GamecockTraditions.com. What's the latest on the quarterback position, Hale? I know they're still searching for one in the portal. Yeah, Zeon Chris from Louisiana was was going to visit at one point, and, and I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, at least that's what he told me last. Um, I'm trying to confirm if that's still the case. Um, Tate Rodemaker who I mentioned on the site a couple of days ago from Florida State, uh, the guy who was their backup and took over when Jalen uh, Jordan Travis got hurt, then ultimately he got hurt. Uh, he's he's a possibility as well. Uh, Chandler Morris's name has been out there. Uh, son of Chad Morris. Uh, began his career at Oklahoma. Most recently been at TCU. His name has been out there. Um, but out of those three, uh, I, I think Rod Maker probably is – most likely for South Carolina, but, uh, you know, these things change, uh, as, as I just spelled out. I mean, a few days ago, I was expecting Zion Chris to be on campus this week. He was going to visit UCF and KJ Jefferson committed to UCF. And, uh, so I'll, I'll say that, uh, it, it is a fluid situation that, uh, we're obviously monitoring. And if, if, and when we get something more tangible to, to share, it, it will be on the big spur immediately yeah Rodemaker in his career uh, this would be his coming up is going to be his uh, fifth year of college football uh now one of those he's used as a red shirt hail um one of those was given to him uh, for the 2020 season so mm-hmm. he's still got a couple of years to play he's only attempted 118 passes in four seasons he's thrown <laughs> seven touchdowns five picks 901 yards uh overall total of course Jordan Travis was the, the quarterback down in in Tallahassee as well um from a talent standpoint though have, have you looked into this kid do you rem- remember him coming out of high school what, what do we know about him yeah I mean I think he's a pretty good quarterback um he's more of what you would consider pro style pocket passer I guess you could say you know, six uh, four, 200 pounds yeah he, kid. He's, he's he's a pretty good player he played at Valdosta High School his dad was the high school coach teammate of Jaheim Bell at Valdosta in Florida State obviously Mm-hmm. I, I I think he's a pretty good player, and, and I don't know that he's necessarily somebody who would uh, come in and and uh, definitely overtake Lenore Sellers, but someone who could certainly uh, push and compete for for that job and 
And ultimately, if he ends up being a backup, then clearly he he would be a good option that way. I mean, at the very least, we know that uh, is something that, that you can count on. Just look at what he did this past season for Florida State. Um, so that's that's sort of what I, I know at this point. And the challenge, JB, and it's not any different than any other quarterback we've talked about, whether it's Zion Chris or AJ Swan or whoever else has been in the portal this cycle. A lot of these guys want to know they're going to play at their next stop. Not that guys are afraid to compete or anything like that, but more often than not, the the quarterbacks who, who are in the portal are in the portal because they want to find somewhere they can play. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, there are examples of guys – DJ, DJ Uyunglele, Will Howard, whoever else, big-name quarterback that's on the market right now or was on the market. Yeah, some guys have left starting jobs, like the guy who left Ohio State and is now at Syracuse. But, again, most most of the guys in in this portal QB market, especially the ones that South Carolina is in on, are guys who are leaving situations where they weren't the, the starter. So right. if you're South Carolina and, and you're trying to pitch a guy on – the idea of coming in and competing and potentially being a backup again. Um, that's, that's not the easiest sell. Cause again, like, like these guys want to play. They've only got so many years they can play college football and play quarterback. Uh, so I, I think that's a priority. Uh, actually seeing the field is, is pretty important to, to a lot of these guys. It, it, it really is. Phil and I were, uh, talking about this uh one of these days that jc wasn't around here it seemed to all run together now mad dog um but um just how each year when you are i feel like you're always going to recruit a portal quarterback or at least more years than not hell like you know there's always going to be it, it matter, if you have a ton of depth they're going one or two or three or whatever are going to transfer uh if you don't have a ton of depth you're still going to get one that transfers. You're always going to have an injury. You're always going to have something. So it's just that's the way, that's where we are. That's the world we're living in. It's kind of like the kind of like the NFL, so to speak. Um, but um, but the situation is going to be different every year. Like you would, have, they would have had a better shot. This is I'm going to make a statement here. You can agree or disagree. Okay. If Spencer Rattler was returning next year for another year, which he had one, if he was returning for one more year you would have had a better chance at signing a higher quality quarterback. Money aside, okay, NIL, I'm not talking about that. From a playing time perspective, their future, you would have had a better chance at signing a an upper echelon quarterback than you do without him returning because Lenore Sellers is the perceived future of the program. Guys are willing to wait one year. They're not willing to wait two and three. Is that is that right, wrong, incorrect? What, 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 do, you, what do you make of that? I, I think I agree with what you're saying. And for guys like Tate Rodemaker or, or AJ Swan, for example, I mean, they both have two years of eligibility eligibility remaining. Um, so they, they want to play. And, and I guess maybe it helps things now that the NCAA apparently is just going to let guys transfer as many times as they want, which is crazy. Unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's challenging. I mean, the, the, there is the NIL component too. Like you can, you can uh, e- maybe ease some of those um, 
concerns a guy might have by um, forking over a little bit more that way. Like that, that, that can always help for sure. Um, and, and I know a lot of people listening in, in the chat right now or uh, don't want to hear me say this, but, you know, credit to Shane Beamer for coming out a couple of weeks ago and saying, I'm not going to lie to a quarterback and promise him a starting job just because we need one. Like that's, I think that's, you know, I don't want to commend somebody for doing the right thing because it is the right thing. But, I mean, he, he probably should be commended for being honest that way and right, wrong, or, or otherwise. Um, I, I think that's, again, I think that's commendable. Uh, you don't want to bring in a, a quarterback and promise him a starting job. Then spring practice rolls around. He's not first-team quarterback. Because guess what? He's just going to jump in the portal April 16th and you're starting all over again. Right. right. So it's it's uh, it's a whole new world we're all living in. We're all learning on the fly, whether it's us, JB, Phil, me, everybody listening, the coaches, the players, the administrators. I, we're all figuring this out in real time. So it's, yeah. it's not <laughs> – it's not an easy road to, to travel right now. Yeah, and and make make no mistake. I hope, I hope nobody misses is misinterpreting what I'm trying to say here. This staff's trying to sign the best quarterback they can sign. I mean, if Tom Brady's in the portal, they're going to try to go get him. And it's no disrespect to one of our sellers, but like you have to sign the best players. You it's only going to make the position better. The guy comes in and beats out Lenore Sellers. It's better for the football team, right? Uh, you know, and and vice versa. So. But it's it's the portal era that we're in now. It, with with saying that though, like, aren't there other examples? That, I mean, like, look what Oregon's done. You know, they've signed two guys who were starters, and they're both coming in. I'm sure that there's an NIL component to that. That's like whatever. Just give them a bunch of daggum money, right? And let them figure it out, and we don't really care from there. So it's just really interesting to see how all this unfolds. Carolina had two, three, four, five million dollars. I don't know what it would cost. I really don't know. But if it was yeah. something like that that they could just toss out at a bunch of quarterbacks, and well, at least you're going to make a bunch of money, right? Well, that's also that's also Oregon and, and Oregon's um, a that's different right. caliber of program than South Carolina. I don't right. think that's uh, breaking news to anybody. Yeah. I mean, look at look at Ole Miss and what they did last year. When I mean, they already had Jackson Dart and they brought in. Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State and Will Howard from LSU, like exactly, you know, different circumstances at each place, and the the circumstances at South Carolina are what they are. I mean, we I think everybody's pretty familiar with with where things are at right now, uh, and and what South Carolina needs to do, and and you know, going back to the NIL component, like if South Carolina had all kinds of money, they wanted to throw at a transfer quarterback right now, uh, I you know they could go that route, but in reality that there are other areas of this football team that, that do need to be addressed and have, have been addressed through the portal. Uh, and I certainly know that quarterback is the most important position on your team and, and very well aware of the current state of that position group on this football team. But uh, you know, there, there's no sense in breaking the bank and leaving yourself with, with very little room to try to help build this entire team, not just, one position. So Do you think it's – uh, yeah. well, I was going to say, you know, you mentioned the April window hail. Do you think, like, 
the team could benefit from addressing all positions other than quarterback in this current window. Well, I mean, well, the window's closed, but you know, mm-hmm. the kids could still enroll. Uh, and then wait until after the spring window opens for the defectors around the country and try to grab a, you know, quarterback out of that. Is there a benefit to waiting? You think maybe, you know, cause at that point, Hey, the season's breathing down your neck and you're going to be looking for a home quick. Uh, I don't, I mean, it, it could be an option for sure. I wouldn't say that there's... you wouldn't take one, you know, right. if, if a guy wanted to come and, and was a good fit for you, but you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if that's what it comes to, then then I'm sure they'll they'll try to do that. The the I guess issue with that, Phil, is that if you truly want somebody that that could potentially compete for the job, it's it's hard to have a quarterback come in after spring after practice. Spring. Yeah. yeah, it's easier to get them in here first. Yeah. Oh yeah, I get that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, I mean, if that's what they have to do, then that's what they'll have to do. Um, and mm-hmm. for all I know, that's how it's going to play out. But uh, I ideally. They, they get a guy within the next week or so and get them on campus and in class and starting workouts and getting ready for spring practice whenever that starts in February or March or whatever. Yeah, also I'll be interested to see how this all plays out, how it plays out with Luke Doty. You know, they might not have any choice but to say, look, look dude, we got to have you in the quarterback room, and I'm, I know he'd gladly do it. All right, final one for you, and we'll get you out of here. Uh, elsewhere, I mean, we've, we've – clearly heavily addressed uh, the quarterback position and what's going on uh, with the latest guys deciding to depart the program. Anything else uh, from a from a transfer standpoint? Or, hey, there's still another signing period coming up with the high school guys. Any late movement on that end? Yeah, they're, they're mostly focused on transfer guys. I'm not aware of any high school guys who are, who are seriously in play. Um, Receiver is, is an important position, as people are asking about in the chat. Uh, they've, they've got some guys coming in this week. Jamari Huggins-Bruce is originally from Dillon. Uh, mm-hmm. Spent the last three years at, at Louisville. Begins his visit today. Uh, Elijah Surratt, who's transferring from James Madison, will visit at some point this week. He's also going to visit Indiana, uh, where his former coach at James Madison, Kurt Signetti, is now the head coach. Uh, they're in the mix for a guy named Jabre Barber from Troy. Uh, he's He's got several visits lined up. South Carolina is one of them. I have not confirmed a date for him. Uh, and, and Gage Larvadane, I hope I'm saying that last name right, from Miami of Ohio. Yeah. He's going to South Carolina for a visit this week. I believe it will be this weekend. Um, so those are – the guys that, that we're aware of and, and keeping an eye on right now at that position, and they're trying to see what they can get at, at, along the offensive line as well. Um, then beyond that, the linebackers, um, I, I think that's kind of where we're at right now uh, as far as names that we know for sure. There is still also, Hale, I do want to squeeze this in real quick, 30 seconds to answer it. There's still a, there's a lot of movement right now that is beginning to pick right back up in the coaching circles. Um, would you say that there's a chance that there is some movement on South Carolina staff uh, still still to be had or made in the future? 
Uh, or do you, or do you think that maybe they're going to sit tight for a little bit? It, obviously, Shane Beamer, LSU is uh, re- releasing their defensive coordinator today. Gene Chizik was just let go this morning. Like, there's a lot of things that are going on here in the new year. I think I realized for a couple of reasons: number one, contracts, uh, mm-hmm. and number two, the end of the season uh, when when there are some other dominoes that start falling. So a lot of these coaches. They, they talk, you know, they know what's going on and who's going where and this, that, and the other. Just because things didn't happen a month or two ago doesn't mean they won't happen. I'm just kind of buffing that up there just to ask you that kind way. Uh, would you, do you foresee any movement with this staff down the road? From what I understand and what's been reported previously, I, I think so. I, I don't have anything confirmed. I'm not going to sit here and try to, uh, to say I know X, Y, and Z's going to happen but uh there's certainly been talk in the past and uh you know the the coaching carousel like like you said jb is is really now finally starting to get turning um there there certainly been some changes in the month of december but but as you just spelled out there uh, things are are finally moving in that direction so i i would think that something uh at some point along the way will, will happen with south carolina staff i mean even just generally speaking uh, that would be safe to say because that's just the way of the profession. So, yeah, um, what and who and when, we'll see. Well, it sure is good to see you. We miss you. I haven't seen you in a year. Yeah, it's crazy to even think it's been that long. It has been a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's good seeing you guys. I, I was really disappointed that uh, that the newly married Mr. Sherbert was not not on the screen. With you guys. Yeah, I'm going to blame that on Phil because I, I left uh, on the 31st to come back and uh, Mad Dog stuck. Well, no, you left on the 31st too, right? So, yeah, you're, you're muted there, Big Dog. Mad Dog. Mad Big Dog, you're muted. Um, but um, JC stayed around until I think the second? Or, yeah, he got back. Did he get back yesterday? Did he get back to Chicago yesterday? I, I think they flew back yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, it was rough. I don't know. We we brought home a little something, but not near as bad as what apparently they have. <laughs> yeah, they they caught the bug, whatever the bug is. They got it. So but we're, we're we'll just hold the fort down here. But it was it was good. It was a good uh, it was a good little ceremony, and and um, we're all alive. So <laughs> that's right. Glad y'all are breathing. Still, we all made it back. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the plan from the get go. It all worked That's out. Right. Right. Hale, great report as always. Uh, we will be closely monitoring your work at thebigspur.com uh, with what comes in these next couple of days uh, with all these linebackers visiting and things of that nature. And then, as we often kindly tell you around here, we will take your information, regurgitate it as our own, and we will not credit you with any of your reporting. Okay. Perfect. Sounds great. Awesome. That's right. Thanks, bud. Happy New Year. All right, boys. Happy New Year. There you go. Mm-hmm. Hale McGranahan with the big com. One of the best to do it out there. And he uh, he was actually working uh, while we were all partying. So uh, thanks to Hale for keeping things straight around here. All right. Uh, we, we will slide to a quick timeout. I know the end of the hour is coming up, but uh, we'll slide to a quick timeout. A couple of things to get into when we get back. And then the golden tones of the great Mike Morgan. Plenty on hoops and the national championship, the playoffs, the bowl season, Gamecock football, and more. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, built by the Barndo Co., we'll be right back. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer, just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Twelve and one Gamecocks headed into the SEC in bracketology. Good shape in the bracketology conversations being had. Mike Morgan ahead. We'll get into all that 
uh, with him. Some quick things here uh, tonight in hoops, uh, a couple quick college football things, then we'll slide back to a break in a few moments with the Golden Tones up next. Uh, first of all, uh, keep an eye on this one, boys and girls, at 8 o'clock on ESPN from the Watsco Center in Coral Gables. 10-2 and two, Miami, 1-0 in the league, will host 11-1 16th ranked Clemson. That's right. Also 1-0 in the ACC. Tigers, according to the latest bracketology by Joe Lenardi, this is wild, Phil. Two seed. So Carolina's five-point loss in Little John looks better by the day. You hate to yeah. lose the game. You, you don't want to lose the game. And you really, if you're a Carolina fan, don't want to see them do well. But you need them to, and they are. And uh, they're going to have a chance to uh, go on the road tonight and uh, get what would be a quad one victory uh, over the over the Hurricanes. Another one to keep an eye on at 630 of Fox Sports 1, 23rd-ranked Providence hosting uh, Seton Hall. Providence just six-and-a-half-point favorites in the game. So kind of keep, uh, keep our eyes on that. Could be. Could be close. Uh, tonight in the SEC, nada, nothing. And there's nothing else until ja- uh, Saturday, January the 6th. Uh, and we'll talk about this with Mike with the uh, dogs and the Gamecocks tangle in Columbia at noon on CBS. Also at 1230 on ESPN Saturday, sixth-ranked Kentucky's on the road at Florida. Watch out there. Auburn is on the road at Arkansas. It's a hell of a day to open the SEC slate. Uh, 25th-ranked on the road at Arkansas at 2 o'clock on Saturday on ESPN2, you got Alabama is up on the road uh, at Vanderbilt. Uh, Bama's record, don't get lost in that. Uh, they've played the best teams in the country. And then you're headlining in everything at 6 o'clock on the SEC Network. you got a ranked-ranked matchup here. Ole Miss, Tennessee, 22-5. The Vols are fifth in the nation. Undefeated Rebels walking into Thompson Bowling Arena looking to stay that way. They are 13 and oh, so it is going to be a magnificent Saturday for college basketball. I know uh, Mike will be excited about that again. We'll talk to him about that coming up here in just a minute. I mentioned that uh, Brian Kelly is fired at defensive coordinator Matt House from the Bayou. Also out corners coach Robert Steeples, safeties coach Kerry Cooks. And after just one year, former South Carolina defensive line coach Jimmy Lindsay has been let go. He did have some medical issues going on earlier in his tenure. But he has been let go by Brian Kelly, and he will be looking for a new job. Won't be at South Carolina. That's Travian Robertson's. So that is uh, the latest on that. Position is filled. The position (laughs) is full. It's filled. That's all right. It should be. uh, I, I think the question about staffing changes are what's looming the most here, you know, outside of. Transfer portal additions. I don't. I don't know, but it'd be interesting to see what's uh, done in the next couple of weeks. You got to figure there's got to be some movement, right? I would. You're talking about just specifically at Carolina? Yeah, just Carolina. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's odd to retain an entire slate of coaches year over year. Yeah, um, Brian. It, it is. You don't see it as much anymore. Brian down there is getting rid of all the slate of them. He must. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, yeah. It's like, there's plenty of guys out there looking for work now. In the words of Tommy Boy, I've got a plan. <laughs> Yikes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi. Yeah. We Thanks are. 
<laughs> yeah, we are out of time. Hey, new year, new you, right? You starting to lose that weight. All of a sudden, the clothes don't fit. Gamecock Traditions. Gamecock Traditions has got something that will, I promise you. There's always something on clearance. If you ever just looking to, you just want to spend a little money, just let me use something good I don't have. Go to the clearance section at GamecockTraditions.com. You might find something you need there. Mike Morgan up next inside the Gamecocks, the show. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey Gamecock Nation, my name is Kyle, longtime listener of the show and avid golfer. I wanted to take my game to the next level, but let's face it, golf is a hard game to learn on your own. I heard the ad from McKellar Enterprises and reached out to the owner and former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. In just two months of working with Meredith, I shot my lowest round ever and I've never felt more confident in my golf game. So if you're looking to take your game to the next level, go to McKellarEnterprises.org and book your lesson today with former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. Go Gamecocks. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. But because you've become my own. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down.
Billy G's Carolina Barbecue presents the national anthem every day here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com to cater your next event. I'm getting a little bit of feedback, and I don't know where that's I am as well. I wonder where that's coming from. Is that coming from? Oh, no, Mike. (laughs) Oh, that's. I thought that was the other picture from of all of us up there. That, yeah. oh, I, I haven't seen the other picture. <laughs> I would now, never use the not. other one. Believe me. No, yeah. <laughs> believe me. I'm on the other one. I'm never putting that anywhere in public. No, 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 no. Yeah, let's not do that. I'm that is an it. epic Thank shot, you. though. And it's not, it I'm not saying that we look great, but the background, I mean, mm-hmm. those All of you not watching you. on yeah, YouTube, I can just yeah. I can just tell you it's a picture from the the night of JC's wedding. And we, we've got the murderer's row there. We got UJB, we got Mad Dog, uh, Bill, Bill Gunner, Bill Gunner yeah, making Bill a cameo Gunner. on the far yeah. left there. And, and the backdrop. Is the intercoastal of Palm Beach? Uh, how they let us in, I have no idea. Clearly, they did not check uh, resumes and backgrounds and criminal records, but somehow we crashed the party and uh, had a great time. Well, that was all because of you. We have you to thank for that. That's right. That's right. Well, I tell you what, uh, <laughs> I I I wanted to get everybody, and I'll if the, if the feedback's coming on my end, gentlemen, I'll uh, I'll see if I can fix that, but. Um, I was just so glad that everybody got a chance to see maybe a different part of the world, if you will. Um, I know that uh, JC, obviously, we, we all are familiar with the entire state of South Carolina, right? We've all been there, done that. I wanted to be something fresh. And, um, you know, this is an area I'm pretty familiar with. I've got family down here. I'm actually still here before I leave for um, uh, uh, Nashville. I'm doing the the Jaguars-Titans game on Sunday. But, uh yeah, it was it was awesome. It just uh, everything couldn't have gone better. I've just I'm sure you said it already, but congratulations to JC and that is lovely bride and uh, just the smiles and uh, it it was awesome being able to hang out with you guys and seeing everybody have a good time and just a, a memorable occasion. Yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. It was a mm-hmm. uh, it was a great trip and uh, certainly happy to be there for JC and and Nat. And unfortunately, he's sick today, but. That's all right. That's all right. You know, the rest of us will work. Hey, real, real, we're going to get into a lot of hoops with you. Um, and I know we've got a low Chevy driver on the SEC coming up, Mike. But I just a minute ago, are you? do you have a game this Saturday? Are you or are you not calling a basketball game Saturday? Because no, so because I've got NFL on Sunday and i got to travel Saturday. Um, That's what nobody, I figured. Nobody likes day of game travel. Uh, none of my bosses uh, allow that. Uh, and understandably so, I don't want to have the stress. I've done that many times, and the stress. I've never, knock on wood, I've mm-hmm. never missed a broadcast or been late for one. And I'm going to tell you, uh, I have had every type of travel situation uh, last second, uh, kind of like OJ in the old Hertz commercials. I didn't murder anybody, but like, no. when he's like leapfrogging people in the in the line and and like just racing to get to where he needs to be, I I have lived that. I have done eight-hour drives after finishing one football game and then drive eight hours to do another football game the next morning. You name it, I've been there, done that. But uh, uh, that does wear on you after a while. I try to space them out a little bit as much as I can. So uh, my first SEC basketball game will be the Wednesday. 
I have Tennessee at Mississippi State. So um, yeah. I'd be watching the Gamecock game anyway, but I'll have a special interest in seeing how uh, Carolina does against the Bulldogs. And then I'll have them Wednesday, Tennessee. I've got the Gamecocks-Missouri game in January, so I'll be in Columbia for that. I've got uh, Georgia at Kentucky, and I've got a game at Auburn. Those are those are my next few uh, in January. But I'll be doing the Wednesday-Saturday rotation and um, looking forward to it. I'll have some of this on the Love Chevy Driver on the SEC, but some of the interesting numbers that I've been able to compile just on um, uh, leaders and where Gamecock players rank and everything else. But I've mentioned this on a number of shows and during the games that I've done. And as you guys know, I had to leave the wedding party, drive to Gainesville to do a game on the 30th, and then drive back uh, to, to make this picture behind me. Um, but I've mentioned it on on national TV that I think one of the best stories in the league this year is South Carolina. I, I really do. And I think it's it's part of a bigger story that in, involves the SEC, uh, which is is already standing very high in the ratings. I'll, I'll get to that as well. Uh, and that is the bottom of the league last year, which was what? Which was South Carolina, which was Ole Miss, which was Georgia. They are all vastly improved. Every one of them. The only team that has not uh, from, come from that area and, and vastly improved is Vanderbilt. That's the only team. I mean, everybody else that struggled last year is playing better this year. And then the top is still the top, and the middle is still damn good. So that'll give you an idea of what everybody's up against this year in the SEC. Yeah, and we're and again, we're, we're, we're going to come back to the slate here in just a little bit. But it's, uh, it's been a while, I think, that I can remember a slate this good to kick off the SEC league play of basketball season. I mean, it is really – Really going to be a fun Saturday. Uh, and, and Tennessee might want to be careful, too. I know you said you've got them next week with um, with the Bulldogs and Mississippi State. Mike, uh, we've got one game left in, in college football, and that's the national championship. And then, and then who knows what we've got? <laughs> because just this morning, you've got Paul Feinbaum on national TV very – confidently saying Jim Harbaugh is not coaching Michigan after they play in that game next week. He's going to yeah. the NFL. And and Paul seemed pretty pretty convinced of that. Now that that's certainly part of this conversation. The other the other part of this conversation it was a hell of a New Year's Day watching those four teams play in that college football playoff. I yeah. mean it was and 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 I think there's one other team that would have been a lot of fun to watch in either one of those games, and it's Georgia. Outside of that, it, it seems like they, they really nailed the top four. Yeah, and as you watched, um, and I realized there were opt-outs for Florida State, but Jordan Travis was not going to play in Florida State, and this was to my point on Selection Sunday, is clearly not the same team. I, I got two games to not surmise that, but to actually see it against Louisville and against Florida. They, they didn't move the football. And so uh, when they got trounced by Georgia 63-3 to or whatever it was, um, I realized they were opt-outs. But th that is an indicator that Florida State without Jordan Travis would not have been, in my opinion, very competitive. Uh, and there's some, some data to, 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 bake, uh, to back that up. What's encouraging is that – and the other, my other point on that is if anybody should be pissed, it's, pretty, it's Georgia. Goodness gracious. Um, you know, you want to tell me that they're not one of the top four teams in college football? Um, yeah. And you know what? What did, what did they say about it when they got left out? Not a damn well, thing. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, Kirby gave the normal look. Yeah, but that was well, it. It was I, over. They didn't have state all, legislatures yeah. offering to sue the no, no, yes, no. other junk. You know. Yeah. Well, when you win back-to-back national titles and you set an SEC record for 29 wins in a row, you don't have to act like that. It's like, okay, this sucks, and we know in our own hearts we're one of the best teams in the country, but it is what it is, and we'll see in 2024. That's how that's how champions handle their business. Um, but this was a, this was great for college football fans. This was a win. I I I would argue on multiple fronts. Number one is. This is the first time I think the national championship game is going to be very competitive. Very I do too. competitive. I agree. And I've learned my lesson on the Fab Five uh, to to keep picking against Washington to no avail. Every time I do that, they say "screw you, Morgan," and they 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 wind up with a win. Uh, so I I might not make that same mistake this time around. Um, but but we so if that's competitive, we had two great semis as you mentioned. This would be the first time in ten years of the playoff era. That all three team, all three games would be very competitive and very entertaining. For eight years, the semis sucked, yeah. with maybe like one exception. This, the last two years, we've had great semifinals, and then this year, unlike the the debacle that was Georgia TCU a year ago, I think Washington Michigan is going to be one hell of a game. I really do. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, I don't got, think anybody has yeah. snuck into these final four, you know, and, and just by all. virtue of the fact that they happen to win their conference and uh, there's nope. not going to be a blowout. Not at all. And the talent yeah. level on both teams is yeah. immense. Mm-hmm. Very well coached. <clears throat> well, and a lot of kids who are very well developed yeah. too, Mike. I mean, this is, yes, absolutely. Here's the thing. Uh, remember, I told you uh, I only vote on two two awards, the Heisman, which to me was pretty easy this year, and Jalen Daniels, and the Home Depot Coach of the Year. And I did struggle with that one because there's a lot of candidates. Uh, Coach Fish at Arizona, that dude's going to be gobbled up by a, an NFL team, a big-time college team, some, somebody. Uh, he's just too good not to. But I voted Kalen DeBoer. And one of the reasons I voted for Kalen DeBoer is if you look at what he took over, the mess that of – Jimmy Lake at Washington, which was one of those like scratch your head hires and they made it and then they couldn't fire him fast enough. It was like a Willie Taggart, Florida state situation. It was like, do you want to just let this thing keep bleeding or put the tourniquet on and make a change? And so they made a change and they hired Kalen DeBoer. And I don't know if that wasn't, I, dare, I guarantee you the, the university of Washington equivalent of big They weren't sitting there going, yeah, we got Kalen DeBoer. Like it was not what you would consider, consider a home run hire. But it was the right hire, and the guy is a stud. And yeah. this is where, like, I was on the the Shane Matthews show this morning, and it's 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 any type of negativity you see from from Gamecock fans, uh, and I and I don't want to paint that broad a brush because I think most fans know the deal. Like, you could be a lot worse. Recruiting is going well, killing it in the portal, et cetera, et cetera. But any type of negativity, you can multiply that times 10 in Gainesville. And one, there was an article written about Kalen DeBoer. I'm going to tie all this together. What Kalen DeBoer did in year three to turn Washington into – now, granted, Washington's been in a playoff before. This is not like a, a program that's had 100 years of mediocrity. They've had some pretty damn good success, including a, a split national title not that long ago. But they were in the doldrums with the lake hire. And they bring in Kalen DeBoer, and in year three, he's one win away from a national championship. So what does that do? That makes every fan base in America impatient and says, well, hell, 
if you just hire Kalen DeBoer, then we'll win a national championship. You just got to hire the right people. Unfortunately, that's not the reality. It, it, you're, you're not all, it's not a size fits all. The Washington job is not the same as the Florida job or the South Carolina job or the Texas Tech job or the North Carolina job. They're all different, and they all have different challenges. And Washington, like I said, has been a power before. They just made a terrible hire and had to get out of the the crap fest that that was was created by Coach Lake. And now they got their guy. And then their guy just happened to already have a relationship with Michael Penix, who's clearly one of the best quarterbacks and is probably going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. You combine that. I was surprised to see, you know, you guys know what the Joe Moore Award is, right, to the best offensive line in college football? Well, I thought it would go to Notre Dame. Washington won the Joe Moore Award. So they've got the best offensive line in football. They've got three of the best wide receivers in football. They have a first-round draft pick quarterback. And, oh, by the way, what snuck up on me is they got some dudes on defense. Yeah, they do. They, they're not soft. They're not yeah. soft. So, uh, anyway, kudos to them. And, and yes, Kalen DeBoard is a stud. Yeah, I, well, I, and I think that it's it's interesting you brought up the defense because I, I, I do think Michigan's defense is better. So I think you have one of the top maybe two defenses, three defenses maybe, but Michigan might have the best defense in college football. You can make an argument for it. Um, and and when you you put them in the game or in this game versus Michael Penix and the level in which he's playing, I, I mean, of all the teams that they have played this year, they hadn't seen anything like what they're going to see from this defense. Texas is as good. But I don't think they're Michigan good, right? Or maybe yeah. I'm wrong. No, I this agree. Is, so he he gets the best defense he's seen all year long in the national championship game. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe the best coach defense uh, to 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 go along with that. No, it's it's a fantastic matchup. Um, it, it's got everything you want. The the, the talent in my eyes is relatively even. Michigan's going to have you know more guys drafted if you want to go based on that. Uh, people aren't talking about J.J. McCarthy enough because they don't ask him to do all those things in that offense. But J.J. McCarthy is a baller now that could could put up much greater numbers if he played in a, a scheme that required him to throw the ball more. That's just not the way they do it at Michigan. That's not the way Jim Harbaugh does it in general. Um, I, I've been a Blake Corum guy for a while. Had he not gotten hurt last year, I was I was leaning heavily for a time for him to win the Heisman. Um, a rare running back that could actually win the award. He is he is ultra special. Um, and of course, you know the the blocking and tackling. Here's the thing. And, and by the way, this is a flex for the Big Ten, right? Because well, yeah, this is basically a Big Ten match. Big Ten, yeah, yeah. They beat so the this two is a, this, guys. Yeah, yeah. This is a flex. Now it doesn't change reality. Reality is still the Big Ten is not a deep league because Wisconsin hasn't been very good. Uh, Northwestern, Illinois, Purdue, none of these programs have been really worth a darn for the last few years. And if the Big Ten's going to have the same equal footing as the SEC, you got to get deeper. But at the top, you add Oregon, Washington to Michigan, Ohio State, and eventually James Franklin might find it, find it good to win a big game at Penn State. But those five, that's a pretty damn good core. And then, you know, who cares who's 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12? That's what they're banking on. You just you want to be great at the top, and they've got four or five really good programs at the top now by adding those two. Geography be damned, 
it's it's a move that certainly helps the Big Ten moving forward. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I think this is um, this Washington program too. Is it? Do we know anything? Like, do you know anything? I don't. I'm literally asking the question. Yeah. Do we know anything about uh, from an NIL standpoint? Because Uh, you know, why, why am I asking this question? Yeah. Well, is is because we're in the portal period that the portal has just turned into even more of the wild west now that you right. just do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it uh and and so that is going to once again continue to be influenced by nil deals mm-hmm. uh is this a program that they kind of like oregon up there in the pacific northwest we can write the check if we need to write the check to go get the guy or is it more like south carolina where it's like we've got to be careful because this is the money that we've got to spend and here's what we can do with it it's a great, great question. I would say it's more like South Carolina. Like they don't have Oregon pockets, they don't have Michigan pockets. Um, in that article that I, I referenced about Kalen DeBoer and why, how his success is going to frustrate a lot of other fan bases, I think his first recruiting class was like 84th in the country. He didn't bring in a bunch of blue chippers, but in the era of the portal, just getting Pennix, just getting a first round pick because you you worked with him in Indiana. And he trusted you. I will say this. Uh, I've never done a game at UW, but my one of my partners when I was doing college football on Fox was a guy, was a guy named J.C. Pearson, and he was an All-American cornerback, played for the Chiefs, and, and he played at UW. And he would always remind me, you know, he kid me, like, all right, Mike, Mr. SEC guy, let me tell you something. You haven't been to Seattle on a Saturday with the stadium overlooking the, the lake and the this and the that. And you'd be surprised how much talent is in that part of the country. And the fan base loves college football. And that is all that is true. Like we think of we think of you, Dub, as lifelong uh, Southerners as, oh, that's kind of a cute story. They're a nice little story out west, you know, and they and they they catch fish over there in Seattle and maybe catch a grunge, maybe a Nirvana cover band. And then when they have time, they squeeze on a little college football. That's not the case. They love their they love their college football there. Uh, they do have, and now they've got Big Ten money, um, you know, so they're going to have more resources in the portal. But to your point, Jamie, they're not a product of buying a bunch of players in recruiting. They they got a, a break with getting Penix to transfer in the portal, and then the rest is there's not a ton of five stars on that roster. I don't know if there are any. My guess is maybe there's one. Um, but, but they develop and they got just enough and they got the right combination and they got a hell of a coaching staff. Well, I was going to ask you about the coaching staff. Mike, is there, what name should we know on that staff? Well, the offensive coordinator grub, I mean, he, that, that's a huge get too. I mean, it's the grub and DeBoer show. Basically. I don't know much about their defensive staff, but those two guys came in and immediately revolutionized the way they do things. But, you know, and again, I always like to say that you, you've got you've got to have the Jimmys and the Joes. It's not so often when fans want to, you know, armchair quarterback, second guess everything. And you can do that to an extent, but if you don't have the horses. So, again, when you have Penix, when you have three stud receivers – when you have an offensive line that won the Joe Moore award, you're going to score points and everywhere, everybody they played against, they couldn't slow them down. And Penix just, I mean, he's, he's missling the ball in there time and time again. Maybe it looks just prettier because he's a lefty, but I mean, it's just, everything is just a tight spiral. 
Like you just expect him to hit every receiver in stride every single time. And unlike a Spencer Rattler, he has time to block on almost every down. And he's throwing to not one good receiver. And look at he's throwing to three. So, I mean, that's an embarrassment of riches combined with good offensive coaching that enables you to pour a lot of points on no matter who you're playing. The game will be played, of course, coming up on Monday night. Uh, we're gonna we've got more on this conversation and also on the college football playoff because just when you thought we needed the twelve, they're like, "Well, wait, well, wait this is pretty good with four, right?" No, 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 no. But I, Mike, has always been a big proponent uh, and historian, quite frankly, of bowl season. I I said earlier this morning, Mike, uh, and I'm I'm gonna when we come back, I'm gonna say this again to you that I think that what we're seeing is the beginning of the end of bowl season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Because frankly, I didn't even care about it this year for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. So I I, I want to get back into, I want to get into that and get your thoughts on it. And how would that affect a program again? Like who South Carolina? I mean, the Gamecocks Mm -hmm. need bowl season. They're a program that needs bowl season. Georgia doesn't. Michigan doesn't. Alabama, they don't need bowl season. Carolina does, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so I want to make sure we have that conversation. Plus, plenty of hoops uh, with the big matchup coming up Saturday at Colonial Life Arena and more. We've got a drive around the SEC. We've got some Fab Five winners, and we got a lot of fun. The golden tones of the great Mike Morgan here on Inside the Game Cox, the show. We'll be right back. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how bourbon whiskey uh, got its name. And chicken cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today bourbon county if you're in the upstate of south carolina and are in need of residential real estate services cindy bass searfoss of caldwell banker kane is for you ask her about the village at creekside all of her listings in my hometown of spartanburg south carolina right there on daniel morgan avenue married to a lifelong gamecock fan and many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream, and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama 
Obama Columbia, and go Gamecocks. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, it's uh, twelve thirty. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks. The show. My apologies for Phil's uh, browsing history popping back into our uh, chat. Hey, <laughs> I, I go downstairs to use the restroom and pour a cup of coffee, and then you people just lose your minds in the next <laughs> chat. <laughs> Come on, Chad Rowe, you're better than that. You're better than that. Who is no. it? You know who? Private online or whatever it was is gone. He's private <laughs> online. <laughs> <laughs> is he here? Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> who is it? Who's in there? It's no Gunner. Ron Jeremy. This is not a show for him. He needs <laughs> to go. Well, he's got court issues. He's got other things to battle. I think it's is JC. Right? I think it's <laughs> yeah, well, JC's getting in. I don't want to know his browser history either. God <laughs> love you, JC. If you're watching, <laughs> get better. Keep it clean. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, JC. Let me throw out a couple of numbers real quick and then get back into what kind of what I was talking about. These are the last four years recruiting class rankings for both of these programs. Washington, 26. You said this one just a little bit ago, Mike. The 23 class was 26th. The 22 class was 95th. The 21 class was 30th. And the 2020 class was 16th. Michigan, the last four, 23 through 20, 17, 9, 13, 10. Not one, two, three. The transfer portal classes, the last two classes for Washington have been ranked 46th and 24th. Michigan's have been ranked 17th and 56th. Wow. What, is, what does that tell you about these two programs? Well, they're developing players for one. Yep. And they're, they're, the culture is good. The, the work ethic is good. You know, in the case of Michigan, this is such a bizarre year. You, they're about to play their 15th game, and six of them were out were without their head coach due to suspension. But what he has done there, he's turned it into a rallying cry. He's It's actually, for those that wanted that to bury uh, Jim Harbaugh, you've just made him stronger because you've, you've basically made him a, a martyr, right? So you cannot deny the chemistry on that team. It's palpable. And that is still an, a factor. Uh, look, I'll always say I'll take my chances with a bunch of five stars and I'll pluck out the, the rotten apples and I'll toss them aside, but I'll, I'll take the, the, the bunch of five stars. However, it still is a game uh, of, of chemistry and cohesion. Like th- those things do matter. 
and these two teams have them to the nth degree. It, uh, it, it really is, and I hope that that is a, somehow a part of the conversation in the booth this coming week because fans pay attention to the transfer portal, mm-hmm. to recruiting rankings, and do all these things. Um, and I get it. You know, that's not something that generally, Mike, I mean, you're, you're a national broadcaster. It's not something that you're generally going to make an entire segment around. But probably should be noted that both of these programs have really, at the end of the day, recruited very pedestrian-like over the last four years, but they've developed players and um, and they've had to deal with the same issues everybody else has. And here they are playing for a national championship, taking down the big dogs to do it. So, yeah. uh, you know, who are number one, number two every single year. In recruit- Look at the top right now, Georgia, right. Bama, Tech, once again. Right. Well, the, the, the thing about Alabama was, see, they had everything else going. The offensive line came around and w- was mauling people. The defense was your typical dominating Alabama defense. Uh, McClellan is a tailback stud. Now, they don't have your typical wide receiver. For some reason, Alabama and Clemson just decided to stop getting impact first-round wide receivers. Uh, not voluntarily, but it just hasn't worked out that way for them. They've, they've had more misses than hits. Um, but if you watch the end of that Alabama-Michigan game, as most of our audience probably did, you knew those last couple calls, they had no confidence in Milrow making the throw. So that playbook shrunk to about one page to like a paragraph. Like, okay, sprint draw Milrow. Uh, little razzle-dazzle, little motion, which Michigan did to perfection. Pre-snap motion, keep everybody off balance, keep the defense uh, going one way, and then Michigan finds a wide open back out of the backfield and the, the other way. Uh, they called a great game. But but for all of Milrow's freakish athletic ability, and he did improve passing the ball he still was not a guy that they felt confident in on that last drive uh, to make a key throw. Uh, that, that to me was – so I knew, you know, you had the injury. can't remember who got hurt or what team he was on. But he had the injury, which served as like a, an extra timeout. So it's more mm-hmm. time for Saban and, and Alabama to think, like, what are we going to dial up here? And I'll bet you they probably looked at like, well, we got these seven pass plays from Milrow, but do you really have confidence in him? And for that matter, a, a wide receiving core that was – pedestrian by Alabama standards or do we just want to take the best athlete on the field and have them run it and they did and guess what Michigan said yeah we know that's coming and we're going to stop it and that's what they did stop it they did there's uh no no question that play didn't have a prayer have a chance no and that's excellent analysis too on your end Mike I mean because I was watching that play and and looking at it I'm like there's eight men in the box you got press man you yep. got to throw it there, but you don't throw it if you're not confident. Well, that if it's you're not confident, get there. <laughs> I thought they, I thought they'd try to move him out of the pocket and reestablish it. Is what I thought they'd do on that play. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this is where Michael Flint and and that's yeah. If you had Spencer Rattler behind that offensive line, and you had Xavier Leggett uh, on the on the in the boundary, that's where the play is going, right? I don't care who the offensive coordinator is, but you don't have that. They don't have a Leggett. They didn't have a quarterback that you really felt overly confident. Now he improved. I'm not. I'm not piling on the kid, and he might turn out to be an All American Heisman Trophy candidate next year. And he's a, a the kind of runner I don't know if I've ever seen at quarterback. Um, in, in the combination of size, speed, and wiggle, like Cam was big, and he wasn't that fast. Lamar Jackson is ridiculous, like Mike Vick, like, but he wasn't that strong and big. Milrow has it all. 
but he's still not a great passer. And everybody watching and everybody in that stadium knew what that play was going to be. It was going to be a quarterback run in all likelihood, whether he rolled out or whether he, I just didn't think it, they had any confidence in the passing game. And, and that's, that really is what did him in. And that, this is why Nick Saban, he took a lot of criticism for it, but he was that, that game against USF. It was two things. Number one, it was to light a, a fire under Milrow and, and have him watch a game from the sideline and learn. But it was also to see, do I have anybody else? Do I have any other options? Yeah. And the fact of the matter is he never did. Milrow yeah, was right. clearly the best guy. There was no, he couldn't just like go, okay, you now you're in, you can actually make this throw on third and seven or third and goal. He never had another option. So they, they just, they made do with what they had. Had they had it Spencer Rattler, they'd be playing for the national championship on Monday night. That's my yes. Big there's no question. And if and if Rattler had Alabama's offensive line and defense, they'd be Carolina might be in the playoff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, if we could just pick, mix and match the best of all worlds. And Nick Saban, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. No offense like, to Shane, but so uh, you know, like buying a house, it was like, oh, if I could put this house on that property with this, right. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it, if, it, if it had this pool and if it had that <laughs> kitchen, yeah. I mean. Like I, I mentioned the the game I'm doing this weekend, and one of the first things I do out of habit when I'm doing an NFL game is like, okay, how many how many South Carolina players are on the roster? In this particular case, it's rather odd. Shai Smith is on the <clears throat> on the reserve squad for the Titans. The Jaguars don't have any Gamecocks. Of course, they have Trevor Lawrence and Etn. Um, but there are Gamecock players all over the NFL, like really good players, and they're not all from the the, the glory years of 2010 to 2014 or 2013. Um, but th- that's the thing. Like if you look th- throughout the history of Gamecock football and, and you know, I was a- around it for more than a decade and followed it since and worked along Gamecock historians like Tom Price and Tommy Moody. And so I, I mean, I-, I prided myself in not just knowing that the, the now, but the-, the whole history, the background. And it's always been like a lot of other programs Stud performers throughout the years, here, there, here, there, but never quite enough collectively that one year, right? So, like, if you could combine those defenses with Gilmore and Clowney and all that and and Lattimore on the backfield, but maybe also throw in a Spencer Rattler quarterback. Uh, and, and, you know, like, if you could just take the best players from – one era and another era. Well, now you've got a Gamecock team that could actually play for bigger stakes, but mm-hmm. it's, it's typically, it's like, you got a stud here. It's going to be in the NFL and Leggett might be a first round draft pick and Rattler will be on a roster somewhere. And, uh, you know, recently guys like Cam Smith and, and, um, uh, who is he with the Panthers now? Cornerback, uh, 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 JC Horn, JC, JC. Yeah. JC Horn. Um, you know, like these are all great players. But there, but there's always weak spots, like there's always warts that you have to overcome. And this year, what was it? Well, I mean, the offensive line, my goodness, you couldn't block, right. you couldn't block. So you, so in a way, it's frustrating because you wasted one of the best quarterbacks, talent wise, to ever roll through that program. The best, and, I think, personally. I wouldn't argue with that. I wouldn't argue with that. And then, and certainly a stud wide receiver. But then you juice Wells gets hurt, so now I can as a def- as a defense, I just roll safeties over, and I just don't let seventeen beat me because I'm not really overly concerned about the other guys on the other side. And that's, well, so, that's and that, like that's that's a lot of programs. It's not just South Carolina. Well, and and I'm glad you kind of teed it up because that's where, like I I mentioned earlier at the top of the program, 
I, I don't with the twelve team playoff coming. You've talked to your your good buddy Tim Brando. He has mm-hmm. publicly said on JC and Morgan, your yep. show, that he thinks it's going to sixteen. Yeah. Uh, remember, the twelve team is a one year deal. That's right. And then and then it either extends or it goes to, or I don't know where the hell it goes. Sixteen, eight. I guess <laughs> it, it would. It, I, I it think would go, the, it would go up. It would go to sixteen. It, it's not gonna. I don't think they would go more than that. And I, and they like they're not going up and coming back down. No. Oh no. No. So, no. No. So that's what we always knew. There's no turning back. Yeah. So like you, or you get a twelve, you get a sixteen, whatever it is. Mike, I, I I'm a I'm with I agree with hundred percent with you and I are a lot alike in, in a lot of ways when it comes to a lot of things actually. No, I think about it except for movies. I don't get you with the movie thing. Well, that's a little bit different day. on the Fiverr dimer. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's 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 what America's for to agree to disagree and then hate diversity of taste. Um, that's right. Um, but but I'm a big proponent of bowl season. Always have been. I I've been to countless bowls for South Carolina since uh, the in the last 24 years since 2000. I've been to most of them. Um, they are a blast for fans. At one point in time, they were really amazing. That's what you played for players. You know, they'll remember those moments forever, the the gifts, the trips, the whole nine yards, the development of the program. You get the extra couple of weeks to practice and, and get better. Well, now football has changed so much. We don't have to go back into all of that. But what's changing next is the playoff. I, I, found, I found myself for the first time ever. Today is January the 3rd. Over the last two weeks, Mike, including when we were down there in Florida just a couple of days ago with you, mm-hmm. forgetting that there were historically – Big brand bowl games on TV. Totally forgot they were being played yeah. because it has crept into my head. I'm, I'm I can I can't speak for everybody else. So I'm making a prediction off of how I feel. Um, it has crept into my head that most of this stuff just really doesn't matter anymore because the best players aren't playing in the games, and the college football playoff is really where, really where it all stands. Now, of course, would I be watching if Carolina was playing? Well, d- duh, I'd be there, but. But that's it. So, like, I, I, I'm really, I don't, I guess in the next couple of weeks, we'll get the, get the ratings. Mm-hmm. I got a feeling they're not going to be very good. And, and how long have we been doing this? When you don't have good ratings, you don't make money. And when you don't make money, things go away. So, I'm curious with what bowl season is going to look like yeah. down the road. I, I don't, I don't see it surviving. Well, I think it survives, Jamie, just because these networks need programming. And we're in a day and age, uh, not to get too deep in the weeds, where very few people, very few shows generate ratings or numbers. Or I mean, you've got the crappy like reality TV shows that I never got into. Um, there, there's always room for another Bachelor, the Golden Bachelor, the Gardener Bachelor, the Trans Bachelor, whatever. Uh, that's always going to have an audience because. Certain people, particularly women, love those shows. They they rate very highly. Uh, but your typical like CSI or hey, it's the Garden Bachelor. He knows how to use a rake and a. You don't want to use the word hoe in that in that context, but um, but yeah, the, the even a bad bowl game, just because it's on, in in like this late mid to late December. When people are all doing their own thing and they're not, there's not what you would call appointment television, but when they turn it on, you just got the honeydew list or the shopping list or whatever done. And when you sit back on that couch or recliner, what are you going to put on? You've got a bowl game that you don't think very much of. 
or you've got a rerun of the Golden Girls or Roseanne or whatever. And that's my only that's my only point. Uh, love you too, Jay Fowler. Um, is is that that's why they're not going away now? To your point, yes, there is a problem. They have to find something where. Here's where the problem is. It's not in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. It's not with Conference USA and Sunbelt teams because they don't have opt-outs. Because those kids, that's their that's their national championship. They're playing, man. They don't get treated like that in Conference USA. They don't they don't get this incredible, you know, they go out for activities and they do this and that and they spend a few days in Myrtle Beach or somewhere else like that. Those kids never know. So those those games still have a lifeline. And obviously the big playoff games are always going to have a lifeline. It's the it's the tier in between where you have bigger brand name schools that have enough kids that say, I'm out. I don't care. And now you're watching the Georgia, Florida State thing was a debacle. That that was just that well, was the worst of the worst. I need to I need to add to this because I'm uh, apparently I'm just going to be dead wrong and, and I should fire myself. Um, but <laughs> according hard. to According to, I don't know. I mean, like you can't be, you can't make big bold statements like that and totally be on the ass end of it when you do, uh, which apparently I am. Uh, the, it works for a lot of other guys, right? According say, to the, I, people have built careers on that, JB. Well, that's they true. Have. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't care to be one of those people. But according to Sports Media Watch, the sixty-point win for the Dogs in the Orange Bowl was the, the it was the top bowl game ending December thirty-one, which is right. what we're discussing here, not the playoffs. Right, uh, ten point three nine million, and See, it's the large, yeah. largest audience for that game since twenty seventeen. And then the Cotton Bowl with Mizzou and Ohio State, nine point seven two, largest audience for that game since twenty thirteen. That's my point, and, and and you're not everything you said. You're not wrong. What? What? But, what a, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just yep. going to say, but my point is, is that you, if you're programming ABC, ESPN, Fox, you can't find a show on the shelf. You know, there, there, there's not like a Seinfeld you're waiting to dust off and put. You can't find a show to draw those numbers. So even if it is a crappy bowl game, and people crap all over it, it's still going to generate more ratings and more revenues than anything else you can put up. You can't go black. You can't just put color bars on the screen for for those four hours. So if you put a bowl game on, it's better than the alternative. Well, in the and look here, the ratings go up. I mean, like you know the I mean. The New Mexico Bowl drew eight hundred and forty-five thousand. Now, to your point, that's probably still much more than whatever else they might be showing at that particular mm-hmm. time. Uh, and then, you know, that just everything kind of continues to creep up from there. It jumps into these numbers when you start getting after Christmas, around New Year's, and those become the focal point of your programming. I guess I wonder with how what what will that look like to try to save face here and not act like a total douchebag. Um, what what would that look like when this playoff goes to twelve teams? What look look like because all those teams will be in in the twelve team playoff, or most of those teams that I right. just discussed, they'll be in. Yeah. So correct, but let's just say uh, South Carolina. Like you're you're going to lose bowl games, right? Like you're going to have. So you sure. You're going to keep the same number, but they didn't even have enough bowl eligible teams this year. Right. So you you carve up two five and sevens, and you get them in there. I mean. Like, I, I'm not so sure, Jamie, that they're going away because I, let's just, again, hypothetically, Gamecocks next year go seven and five and make it to the Outback Bowl, which is now the Quest Bowl. It'll always be the Outback Bowl to me. It's and, the, yeah. Yes. 
I still eat a blooming onion when I'm watching it. I of agree. course, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and a steak that's that's tougher than your average nose tackle. Um, if South Carolina plays Iowa in that bowl game on January the 1, uh, and you have a couple opt-outs, are you not going to watch? You're, every every Gamecock fan's going to watch. Every Iowa fan's going to watch. And anybody that's near a TV set, what's on, honey? Uh, the Outback Bowl or a, a rerun of Madlock? Outback Bowl. And that's – so, I mean, they'll draw more than 800,000 that the New Mexico Bowl does. Maybe they draw a million. Maybe they draw – 1.3 that's still better than just about anything else you can put on that's why when you see empty seats and you say well how many people are actually interested in this game more than you think not to mention gamblers don't oh, well, ever yeah. <laughs> don't ever right. underestimate them exactly yeah and i was i was about to throw that out there but then like we're also and, and again i mentioned this at the top of the show Phil, I did say it with the caveat of unless something is fixed, bowl season could be going away. Like they've got to make some changes. At the end of the day, I'm a proponent of bowl season. Like I want to see it. They've got to figure out how to save it. And they have to make sure that they can make it valuable again for all the programs. Like last year, let's speak specifically to the group of people we talk to every day for three hours. Had Carolina been at full steam, had Notre Dame been at full steam in that game in the Gator Bowl, who wins it? You know, we'll never know. I would like to think South Carolina would have had a much better chance of doing so. Guys like Marshawn Lloyd and others were playing, but they weren't. So I don't know. JC mentioned last week when we were in West Palm, uh, we some of this kind of no, it wasn't JC. I think it was JC. We were just kind of was that on the party bus? Because that's where he had the best thoughts. (laughs) I stayed away from him on that after the eleventh Miller Light. Yeah, I, I stayed. By the liquor <laughs> on the other end. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to be the first one off the bus, not the, not the last one. Um, right up there near the liquor in the exit. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was sitting right there by you, Mike. Uh, when, yes. When you, when you we were in, in the safe zone. We were in the. <laughs> yeah. Let's not do anything to completely embarrass ourselves. Zones. No, I'm gonna stay right here. I, I, I know how Twitter works, and I'm not gonna be a part of that. Um, <laughs> But 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 no. At some point in time, I was talking to JC down there, and he was like, "That's why they've got to find a way to financially incentivize players in, totally in bowl games." Yeah, I agree with that. I don't I don't know how that gets done because everybody's situation is different. Bingo. That's why it won't get done. So it because, won't. Because yeah. Because Thank if you. I'm Spencer Rattler and Carolina offers me 1.3 million to play there. And Arizona, his home state, offer Arizona State, let's just say, offers one point three million to play there. And Spencer's, uh, we're not allowed to call them agents. Uh, his advisor, uh, to use a college baseball term, uh, says, "Okay, and that's gets guaranteed, right? We that's that's mainly upfront money. I don't have to wait till the end of the year for for him to get all that." Oh, that and Carolina says, "Yeah, that's right." As Arizona State says, "No, no, 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 no." Uh, Spencer will not be getting all that 1.3 unless he participates in every game, including a tier two, tier three bowl game in late December, early January. Well, guess where Spencer Rattler is going to go? He's going to go where the money's guaranteed. And right now there's nothing, there's no uniformity. There's nobody to stop that. There's nobody to, to make it consistent. So yeah, it's a problem that it, under the current structure. And I use that term loosely because there's not much structure at all. It's the wild, wild west. There is there is no way to 
make sure that these young men are going to stay for bowl games. And I'll, t- I'll tell you this. Here's my even bigger concern. And I talked about this with uh, Chuck Oliver filling in on 680 in Atlanta, I guess, a week or two ago. We were talking about the fact that when it gets to 12, okay, don't think that just because you're in the playoff that you're going to be immune to opt-outs. Because think about this. If you don't get the first round by, right, how many games are you looking at? Well, you go, you win the round of 12 to get to eight. You're in the, the eight to get to four, four to get to two, two to get four more games. If I'm a potential first round draft pick and I'm the number 11 seed on an SEC team, yeah. do I want to engage in this party? Or yeah, I just say, really about. Yeah. hey, it's been real. I, I'm going to get ready for the draft. Don't I think people are assuming wrongly that the the teams that go to the playoff are going to be immune to opt outs. I don't think that's going to be the case in a twelve. Can the playoff save that? Can the can the can the structure can the way that it's structured? By I'd like to think so. Instead can of they, just giving them a swag bag and an Xbox, hey, every every extra game you play in, the playoff committee has a, a pay scale that you give them more money. I, I who wouldn't be in favor of that. I mean, uh, they can do it. They're making billions of dollars on this thing. It's, uh, yeah, it. I, I think that's easier to do than than calling them employees and trying to get them to get schools to pay taxes and FICA. I, I mean, I think the logistical avenue to circumvent all of that is to say, if you do get to the playoff, every round you go, you're getting another check. You're get, that's who what would if, not what, be in favor of that. What if you took that bigger? Like, what if it? Okay, you've got this this group like this tier of bowl games and then this tier, and then you had a pay scale that went up the bigger the game that you're in. Absolutely. Absolutely. You you start out, it's, I don't know, 50 grand in the first round. It's 150 in the second round. It's, I mean, you can just keep going up and up and up. Uh, the everybody money is gets, going to Everybody gets 10 grand to play in the Bahamas Bowl. You know, totally. Why, know. why not? Where does Again, the money come from? It comes from the networks, clearly. It's TV so money. Yeah. See, you're, and, and that's JC's made this point a number of times. The TV money uh, is what? That's name, image, likeness. That you're, the TV networks are paying for the name, image, likeness of the players and the schools. So why not just give them a bonus structure for postseason games to prevent fewer, uh, more opt-outs? That, to me, would be the best solution that's on the table. And I'm not hearing it much, but I'm going to tell you right now, if that solution does not come to fruition, you are going to see opt-outs from players that are not in like the top four. Seven seed is going to have opt-outs. Nine seed is going to have opt-outs. Twelve seed is going to have opt-outs. That is not a panacea to just eliminate opt-outs because you go from a four to a 12-team playoff. You're still going to have opt-outs. You could really take this conversation and we're at the end of the hour here because Phil we'll go ahead and get caught up but um, you could take this conversation beyond that and take it into March Madness and you could take it into the NCAA baseball tournament Uh, we talked to Coach King before we went off the air for the holidays and kind of brushed on it Mike you're a big proponent of baseball it's it's a travesty what the NCAA has done to baseball and softball. It, it really is asinine. It's a joke. Particularly baseball. Uh, it's, and, it's, and softball, you can have the same pitcher, you know, go the entire game. Like you don't need, Season. yeah, you don't need to carry, <laughs> yeah. you don't need to carry 15 pitchers in softball. And yet softball has more scholarships than yeah. baseball. 
that's it, but that's title nine and it's you know you know oh, that's just crazy yeah and i would just say this. in baseball we can debate whether or not the money is there um it's certainly there for more scholarships but football and basketball money is absolutely there and who knows maybe there's a time where kids start opting out of basketball tournament games that'd be embarrassing if you did but i think it's embarrassing that you do it in football for what fear of an injury that's always a you can get an injury non-contact just working out happens all the time all the time kids are tearing up acls running passing routes yeah yep yeah yeah you hate that you, you see those spring practice you know injury reports and you're like non-contact injury i was like non-contact not gonna happens see him well, this year yeah, yeah happens, happens, yeah. I, I mean I don't know what the data is, but it seems like there's more non-contact than, than guys just getting hurt, getting blown up. I mean, for every gruesome Marcus Lattimore injury, that's clearly a contact football-related injury. But more often than not, I just see a guy that tears something just moving because they're bigger, stronger. they got all this muscle on this. The joints haven't gotten bigger through time. We've made athletes bigger and more explosive, but we haven't made the, the, the human body in terms of joints more explosive. Wow, that sounded scientific. I just yeah, you're having a you're having a hell of a day. I'll be honest with you. You've been, you've been, <laughs> I've been I've missed you guys. I mean, this, I've missed the show. Like I have all these thoughts th- going through my head, and we didn't do JC and Morgan because JC is sick. So I just I got to get it all off my chest here today. Well, you can tell which one of the three of us is the consummate professional here when it comes to broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> we limped into this a little rusty this morning. Uh, we're, we're, all, we're all a little rusty, but it's all good, man. It's, uh, this is, you know, we got the power hour. We got Gary Patterson. We got Ryan Brewer juicing us up. I got I to gotta, I gotta bring the heat here. That's right. Well, we're going to bring the heat uh, from the hardwood, as a matter of fact, when we return. We got some basketball to get into. We'll lead off with the... Our love Chevy drive around the SEC, and uh, we will continue to dip into the world of college football, the national championship, just a few days away. We hope you'll all stick with us. We know that you will. An hour left to go here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Gamecock Traditions, South Carolina's elite retailer for anything Gamecock related. The best selection for basketball, baseball, football, tailgating, kids stuff, and everything else. If it's got the Gamecock logo, it's got to be at Gamecock Traditions. Most importantly, they ship it to your doorstep. Order online at GamecockTraditions.com, where there's always a sale. Gamecock Traditions, GamecockTraditions.com, a tradition unlike the others. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured, they provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998, or you can go to Elite Roofing. 
GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With a little love and some tenderness We'll walk upon the water We'll rise above the mist With a little peace and some harmony We'll take the world together We'll take them by the It's the final hour on our first day back inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barndo Co., always served by our friends at Chicken Cock Whiskey and part of the Chief Sports Network. Hopefully you've all downloaded the app, the Chief Sports app. It's a great place to go to get all kinds of content, including us, if you would consider us great. Certainly JC and Morgan is. We've added uh, Chin Music with former South Carolina head baseball coach Chad Holbrook. If you haven't listened to that, I can't recommend it any higher. And I mean that um, he's really good at what he does. And it's a very well professionally done ordeal. Colin Morris from the College of Charleston is involved with him. And as is Scotty Freer from the Windjammer. They just released a, a great program with Mark, Mark Bryan. Um, and, and they've got a bunch of big interviews that are already out and many that are scheduled. Roy Williams, uh, one with him on there. Charlie Warsham and uh, some big names down the road including lots of Carolina baseball, basketball, and football ties. Um, so I uh, really appreciate Coach Holbrook for coming on and being a part of what we do. Lots of great content, though, uh, on our app and easy ways to get in touch with all of us. If you ever need to get in touch with Mike, hit the connect button. Uh, you can connect with him right there. You can connect with me, Phil, 
uh, JC, all of us uh, on the Chief Sports app. So glad to have you. Glad to be back. Four o'clock today. Another reminder on ESPN is the Under Armour All America Bowl down in Orlando. Gamecocks have seven players in the game. They are all on Team Fire versus Team Ice. They're all on Team Fire. Those seven players: three-star punter Mason Love, four-star wide receiver DeBron Gatling, four-star quarterback Dante Reno, four-star tight end Michael Smith, four-star cornerback Jalua Solomon. Four-star tackle Cam Pringle and five-star defensive stu- uh, defensive end Dylan Stewart, who single-handedly ran right over a six-six, three hundred and fifty-pound tackle yesterday and embarrassed him on national television. In there, I mean, that was wow. Uh, this like, have you seen some going. of the the clips of these guys Man, down there? Yeah, that dude, he he that dude that tackle that's going to Florida State that was embarrassing. Like Dylan Stewart embarrassed him. So. Uh, Good day to watch your future Gamecocks playing at 4 o'clock on ESPN in Orlando. You going to watch that game, Mike? Uh, I typically don't, but Tom Luganville is always on the broadcast. JC used to to cover that, of course, when he was covering recruiting um, for ESPN.com. And we'll have Tom Luganville on again. He's one of he's become one of our favorite guests on JC and Morgan. He just, I mean, Mad Dog can tell you he just brings it every time. And I, I, on my Mount Rushmore of like recruiting people, it's people, it's JC, it's Lugan Bill, um, I don't know, maybe Craig Halbert. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing somebody, but but Lugs is right up there, and um. Uh, we'll get him on, get some of his thoughts on what he saw in that game. And he's always <laughs> never short of opinions on the state of college football as well. So, but I don't know if I'll watch a whole lot, honestly. Um, I, I, I lean on JC for all the recruiting. I, I lean on JC for all the, I, I mean, I certainly keep up with like, okay, who are the five star? There was a great article. I can't remember who wrote it, but like the history of five star guys to, to come to South Carolina. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember who wrote it, but it was it was interesting just to go back in time and see all the the key guys, the key recruits, and how they panned out. I forgot like guys like Ricardo Hurley. I mean, I was I was covering Ricardo Hurley, and I remember what that was such a huge get, and he just never panned he, out. He was the first one by the official rank. The official, like, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, you could make the argument there were before you had this four star, five star system, there were bigger recruits. Uh, obviously, Todd Ellis would be right up there, but yeah, Ricardo uh, Hurley. Yeah, wait a second, hold on. Was he? He Ricardo, was considered by oh Hurley. Yeah, but what class was it? Was he the O two class? I think he was the O two class. But okay, so was Derek actually ranked as the first five star, or was it Ricardo? I think it was Ricardo. I don't think Derek. I don't think they had that yet when Derek was coming out of Palmetto High School. Uh, I can't remember. And yeah, I don't think they had those that were the yet. two. It was the same right. little. Era. Well, and Derek, Derek would could have gone anywhere in the academics was the concern with Derek Watson back when we yeah. actually seemed to make these kids get like a test score and whatnot. doesn't seem like yeah. we do much of that anymore. Oh, no. Um, no, yeah. Now, like if you're a player, they're, they're going to find a way. Um, but yeah. And then like Demetrius Summers. And again, I called his state championship game and he was a five star and we all know that didn't exactly pan out but then all of a sudden they started panning out like like Lattimore like Clowney like now all of a sudden they were the five stars played like five stars in Columbia that's uh they're gonna need this five star to play like a five star 
down the road, there's no doubt. Um, okay. To the, yeah, okay. all right. So I just got – no, I'm sorry. I'm th- John Strickland just sent me a text. He said 2002 was Ricardo. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's all right. All right, so we're on the – thanks, John. Thank you, John. Good job, uh, good job John. Way to go, John. John. And uh, five-star uh, John Strickland was a part of the O2 class as well. Right? <laughs> he was an under-the-radar guy, but obviously That's panned right. out quite well. Boy, he ended up being good. That whole, he was, we were talking, when he was on the show last, and then we'll take a drive around the SEC here in just a second. But uh, um, uh, when John was at South Carolina, he was reminding us, because that O2 team went five and seven after, you know, the, the eight and four, nine and three years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so the O two team and the O three team both went five and seven. Then they went six. Anyways, point was they that offensive line was elite. They were oh, yeah. really good, really yeah. good. No, the problem was, Crazy. and uh, John can tell you better than me, and I hope he doesn't disagree with me on this. But with all due respect to Corey Jenkins and Dondreal Pinkins, they weren't Phil Petty. Sure. Yeah. And and then Lou, Lou, all of a sudden, uh, you know, they 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 allowed him to to just go into a, a chamber where he was, he went into a wayback machine and said, this is 1988 and I need to find the next Tony Rice. We don't want to run a spread offense with Phil Petty and a guy like that throwing from the pocket and being successful. We want to have a quarterback that runs the option and will be more conservative. And when it doesn't work, I'll throw my son under the bus and I will take over this offense. And eventually we're going to find the next Tony Rice. Well, they never did. They never did. And it's funny because I still remember like it was yesterday, fans calling up my show and the postgame show and saying, well, it's a, it's a damn spread offense. Doesn't work. That's what it like. No, they're not running the spread anymore. Yeah. They, Luke got rid of that. It's a spread. We got to get rid of it. They're not running the spread. Are you watching the game? That's not what a spread looks like. They stopped running the spread. That's not what Lou, Lou never wanted to run the spread. Skip, Skip saw it and said, well, this is going to be the best formula for us to move the ball and to score points in a, in a league like the SEC. And it worked. They scored enough points combined with a, a really good defense. And a lot of the players on that defense, we were talking about Sheldon Brown a few weeks ago, Shannon Wadley, Andre Goodman, Rashad Faison. Those, so many of those guys were actually Brad Scott recruits. Got to give credit yeah. where it's due. A lot of those guys on those Outback Bowl teams were Brad Scott recruits. There's a lot of guys that you just mentioned there too that would knock your face in the next week if you happen to be standing in the fan. Yeah. Uh, those are yeah, all 15 ever. yarders in today's game. Rashad and Body Bag Wadley and yeah. and you know that whole group. We could go on and on and on, but literally they're all 15 yard penalties today. So you know, <laughs> good good thing they played 20 20 plus years ago. Indeed, it is now time for the love, Chevy. Ooh. Drive around the SEC. The first of 2024, I might add. The first. It's now time to take a drive around the SEC. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. No hassles, no all-day runarounds, no ridiculous add-on stickers. At Love Chevy, buying a car is fun. South Carolina's number one volume Chevy dealer. I-26 at Harbison and at lovechevy.com. Find new roads. Automobile, go to Love Chevy, home with a thousand dollar guarantee. You're not going to get a, a better price. That is for certain. The selection is fantastic. They have been the standard for a long, long time, not only in Columbia, 
but in South Carolina for any type of Chevrolet automobile. Uh, so happy new year to love Chevy as well as everything else. While we were on the air, breaking SCC news on our love Chevy drive around the SCC after much, uh, speculation. And I know Gamecock fans are like, why are we waiting to fire a coach? Let's do this. Let's get it over with. Well, we don't know if that's actually going to happen, but LSU has happened. They they waited till after the bowl game. LSU has fired uh, their defensive coordinator, Matt House, who I remember from Kentucky, did a great job at UK, then was, I, I guess he forgot how to coach. I don't know. Uh, but they were clearly an underachieving defense this year in Baton Rouge. So they have fired Matt House and quote-unquote several defensive staffers following what was largely a disappointing season for that defensive unit. Not surprised this has happened. Uh, it, it's been talked about for a while. You have a lot of NFL talent on that defense, and they didn't play like it from day one. I, I don't know why, but somebody had to fall on the sword. That somebody was Matt House. I'll tell you this, Matt House will get another job right quick. I, I, if I am if I got an opening, I'm picking up the phone and I'm calling Matt House. That dude can coach. Sometimes you just don't have the right culture. You don't have the right combination of players. Uh, and Matt House is out of a job. There's still speculation if Billy Napier is going to hire an offensive coordinator at Florida. And that one of the names that surfaced is one Willie Korn of South Carolina prep fame and former Clemson quarterback. He was an offensive coordinator for a while at Coastal, but they have not made a move yet. They did hire a former strength and conditioning coach from South Carolina back in the Spurrier days, Coach Fitzgerald. That name yeah. rings a bell. Oh, uh, here, here, can I? I'll just one little bit of commentary in the middle of the. Uh, Drive around the SEC. The easiest thing to do when you have a disappointing year is to just like, oh well, clearly it's a strength and conditioning coach. He's not, <laughs> he's not do, he's not getting it done. We're we're not strong and fast enough. Like, I honestly don't believe that that is hardly ever the issue anymore. All these guys are cut from the same cloth. They're all meatheads. They're all doing the same stuff. They're all got the same fancy weight rooms and squat racks and like, what are you you're not reinventing the wheel. So, like, if you're Florida and you hire a new strength and conditioning, is that going to have? Is that going to stop all the pre-snap penalties? Is that going to? Is that going to make your? Is that going to make your offensive line block better? Is that going to make the defense do something because you couldn't stop anybody? Is is putting an extra ten pounds on the on the bench press going to fix all that? Anyway, just a. No, but Napier needs him a meat shield though. He needs to go find him an offensive coordinator. That well, way. and that's. Yeah, you gotta have somebody to let go in the middle of the season and be like, "Hey, we tried." Like, yeah, you know? look, there's very <laughs> few coaches that call plays anymore. Head coaches, it, it there's just so many other things that go along with that job, and so I don't know how much longer he's going to hold on to that. But um, anyway, Matt House has been fired. That's not speculation. And LSU, a bunch of uh, coaches now looking for a new job on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, did you guys catch what the SEC went in the bowl games record wise? I know, Jamie, you mentioned you didn't watch many. I didn't watch a ton, to be honest with you, between the wedding and everything else. Five and four. Five, yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, oh. Five and four. Uh, what does that mean? Eh, not a whole Nothing. lot. No, exactly. Not Get not right. a whole lot. It, uh, you know, it started with an A&M team that had their head coach fired and the interim coach left and half their defense hit the portal. And they went on in the Tax Act Texas Bowl on December the 27th. And they got blown away by Oklahoma State. So at that point, the SEC is 0-1. Uh, and then Kentucky. This was actually a very entertaining game. And this took a lot of up. 
Thank God for paying the twelve dollars for Wi-Fi on the plane. By the way, I was able to watch every <laughs> second of the rest of this game, and it was worth it, even though they just blew it. Well, yeah. this game got drunk, as the kids like to say. So Kentucky yeah. was up twenty-one ten heading into the fourth quarter. And one thing about Mark Stoops' teams, their own fan base are very critical. They're pretty vanilla on offense, blah, blah, blah. But they typically don't blow fourth-quarter leads around that program. They're up 21-10. And they scored a bunch of points. They scored 25 points in the fourth quarter, and they lose 38-35. So uh, at one point, they were up 14 points in the final quarter. Still wasn't enough. They blew the game. They, they fumbled. They played a game of hot potato, turned it over all over the place. But that was actually one of the most entertaining games. That was the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville. Uh, but it, it got weird. So now the SEC is 0-2. Missouri, Ohio State. Now, this is another one. Missouri certainly was all in. Ohio State, you, you know, you run off your quarterback, and Ryan Day is talking trash to a, a 90-year-old man in Lou Holtz. And the memes after this game, after Mizzou beat them by a score yeah. of 14-3, to the Lou Holtz memes, did you guys see these? hilarious no. oh it's like <laughs> oh it's just do a google on it it's like they show these like random parties where everybody's just kind of like down or you know they're they look upset or something and there's lou like dancing in the background hey ryan day how you like me now huh i told you you're soft <laughs> don't mess with lou holtz it's bad karma Bad karma. So Missouri won that game, and again, they're certainly one of the surprises in college football. I want to see if they can do it back-to-back years. I want to see, is this a one-off, or am I supposed to buy into Eli Drinkwitz is turning this into a 10-win program? We'll see. What is what is your hunch tell you on January 3rd, 2024? My hunch is, forgive me, Mizzou Nation, that they're going to be, they're, they're not going to fall apart, but they're going to come back down to earth a little bit. Like, I, I don't see another 11-win season in Como next year. I, I think they they had the perfect combination of a D2 running back that nobody wanted. He walked on, and he wound up being the best running back in the SEC. They had a quarterback that they booed at the beginning of the year that turned out to play nearly mistake-free football and is actually a really good athlete and runner. Um, and they were better on defense than I would have given them credit for. Can they do that back-to-back years? I don't know. But it, Can congratulations. I, they had a great year. This might help them do that. Their first six games of the season, Murray State, Buffalo, Boston College, Vanderbilt, Oof. all at home, off <laughs> in College Station, and then they have to go to Amherst to play at UMass, which is weird. <laughs> and then they've got Auburn coming home. It is Wow. Very manageable before they hit the road for Tuscaloosa to take on the Tide. It's T-Town and then Oklahoma at South Carolina at Mississippi State, Arkansas. It is a very manageable schedule. That very that might be the the lightest in the SEC. Uh, that's that's because everybody else is that's, looking at their down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's brutal. That's absolutely. I mean, brutal. A and M and Bama on the road, of course, very difficult, as we well know. I'm not saying they're going to go to A and M and win the game, but I'm just saying they're going to be four and zero. There's no way they won't be four and zero going to A and M, and then you know, a five and one start, a six and one start, 
not out of the question. Well, and again, if you ask me what would you rather have, uh, front-loaded, back-loaded, I'm always going to say back-loaded. I-, I want my team to get off to a good start, get some confidence going. If that means I'm going to be humbled late, I'm going to be humbled late. But I'd rather be 4-0 and than 1-3. and And then like, okay, well, the lighter schedule's still ahead. Yeah, but I'm 1-3 and and people are unhappy and everybody wants everybody fired. Like, I don't want to deal with all that. Uh, Auburn lost the Music City Bowl to Maryland, 31-13. The... Uh, <laughs> There's a great line by Rick Neuheisel, uh, who does a, a show with Chris Childers called Full Ride. And they they call it the Nick Saban happy ending halfway house. Uh, and the point is, get your minds out of the gutter. The point is, is that people like Mike Loxley, who was 3-31 and 31 as a head coach before he went to be an analyst for Nick Saban and got the Maryland job. Now, all of a sudden, he's a good coach. Lane Kiffin was not exactly lighting the world on fire. He goes to Ole Miss as the coordinator. Now he's lighting it up at Ole, uh, at Ole Miss. Uh, you know, you can talk about Sarkeesian. You know, he was down on his luck, fired, disgraced. He goes to Nick Saban, poof, takes a, takes a dip in the waters of Lake Saban, and now he's a great football coach at Texas. It, it's amazing. You go to Nick Saban after you've been fired or you're, you're down on your luck, and all of a sudden, you turn into a great football coach. It's kind of funny how that works. But uh, Loxley and Maryland beat <clears throat> the Auburn Tigers. Uh, Ole Miss took down Penn State. This was another one. The, no opt-out. No, Well, I mean, one opt-out on Ole Miss. Maybe uh, one on Penn State, I think, on their defensive. But for the most part, everybody was all in on this game, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, which is almost always a good one. And the Rebels won at 38-25. to uh, congratulations again to, to Ole Miss has got something good cooking right now. By the way, who hired Lane Kiffin? Who's the AD at Ole Miss? Anybody know? Exactly. He's a former basketball player who had virtually no experience. But when a head coach wants to be at your program, you don't need to be a genius as the AD. And, and that's that's what matters. Ole Miss has been an attractive place and has a lot of money. That's why Lane Kiffin's there. It's not because of the AD. Just a little little FYI. Uh, the Quest Outback Bowl, LSU, Wisconsin. Ugh. The Tigers end up winning the game thanks to a 7-0 fourth quarter that gave LSU. I didn't watch one second of that game. I didn't either. I didn't watch one second. The Tennessee-Iowa nope. Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. The, the story of this game was you finally got to see Nico. I'm going to try to make sure I got this right for next year. I am Oliva. I am Oliva. He, and, and if he transfers, he will be. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am Oliva right now in Knoxville. Uh, he didn't put up eye-popping He didn't put up eye-popping numbers, but he did give uh, Tennessee fans a glimpse into the future of what that sh- position should look like. They went ahead and won the game 35 to nothing. Iowa can't score a point against anybody. Uh, and then, of course, Alabama-Michigan. You know the story there. We talked about it. So the SEC 5-4 and four in the bowl games. Turning to basketball, we're finally getting near the start of conference play. As you mentioned, Jamie, I think we can all uh, rejoice in that. Right now, the only undefeated team going into conference play is Ole Miss at 13-0. Carolina's second at uh, 12-1. And And if you're thinking about that first slate of games on Saturday, Mississippi State, South Carolina, that's at noon on CBS. Kentucky at Florida. Georgia at Mizzou, Auburn at Arkansas, Alabama at Vanderbilt, Ole Miss at Tennessee, LSU at Texas A&M. And wrapping things up on the leaderboard, Michi Johnson, third in the SEC in scoring, 
17.7 points per game. Uh, that's one and a half behind Mark Sears of Alabama. Talon Cooper, you know I'm a big fan of Talon Cooper. I think he is the he is the rock of that team. Fifth in the conference, four and a half assists a game. Zion Pullen of Florida's first with five. And B.J. Matt, there's not like a top rebounder on this team. It's kind of like a just do it by uh, by a collection of guys. B.J. Mack averaging a little over five. That's 22nd in the league. You'll see the top rebounder in the SEC on Saturday. It's Jimmy Bell of Mississippi State. I've had them. He's a beast. He averages 9.2 rebounds per game. And that is your love, Chevy. Drive around the SEC. Nine SEC teams, Mike, are currently in Joe Lenardi's bracketology for March, uh, which is the most in college basketball over eight from the Big Ten and seven out of the uh, Big 12, which is uh, really just amazing to even think about because only four years, five years ago, I get five years ago, maybe everybody was wondering what in the world's wrong with the SEC in college basketball. Oh, we're, we're, we're so past that now. And there's another article on ESPN.com rating the uh, power six conferences. And number one is the big 12, not unusual there. Um, Number two is the SEC, and he raves about the depth of this league, which I've been telling people now for a while. Uh, the ACC, I believe, is fourth. I mean, that's the other story. The SEC has climbed as a basketball power conference the last few years, while the ACC has regressed. Uh, it, oh, it just it, has. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it, it was, I mean, I, let's just be honest. It's, it's really not that good. I mean, it's, they've got no. four teams projected in right now, uh, which, and, and the crazier thing is that, you know, with Duke be Duke projected as a four seed, North Carolina projected as a three seed. They seem to be playing better basketball, by the way. I'll give them some credit there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the the program that's projected high again, none of this matters. It does matter, but it doesn't matter. It's January the third. Clemson as a two yeah. seed, which yeah. is that. You know, I I don't want to take anything away from those guys. They're having an outstanding year. I, I don't think mm-hmm. it's fair to sit here and say that. Well, you know that that should tell you all you need to know the Tigers being the best team in the ACC is not very good, but I mean, the traditional powers in the league really aren't that good. And Virginia is hanging on by a thread to even be in the tournament right now. So it's, yeah, it's, it, it's just not really been a good league. No, and, and how like, they get to go beat each other up. I, I don't see how they're going to get more than four or five. What's happened to NC state, Georgia tech, wake forest. Like these used to be. What has that, happened? Well, they, they've they all dipped. I mean, they're all – I mean, to me, it still comes down to more than anything players. Recruiting has not been a strength for those teams anymore. Uh, Wake Forest is a really difficult job. They fire coaches every three years, and they just land on the same result. Coach Forbes, to me, is a very good coach. It was a very good hire. By the way, B.J. Mackey is on that staff. I saw him earlier this year calling a, a Wake game uh, against Georgia, but – but Wake is just a really difficult job. And and the the here's the other thing. I follow uh, not just football recruiting, but basketball recruiting. And Paul Biancardi is a good friend of mine. He's the national recruiting analyst for ESPN. It used to be every year you'd look at the top 100 kids coming out of high school, and the ACC would have the most every year, every year. Uh, and if you want to go way back, the Big East would be up there. The SEC has more top 100 kids over the last three years, has more first-round draft picks, has more second-round draft picks 
the player pool in the Southeastern Conference has been better than any league in the country. So a lot of those kids used to go to the ACC. Now all of a sudden they've discovered, hey, this SEC thing's pretty cool. It's not just a football league. They got great facilities. They got great coaches, and they got money. I'm going to the SEC. So that's what's happened. You could say that almost everything that's been debilitating to the ACC and athletics in some way or fortune has been due to the SEC. Well, tonight, the ACC, the premier matchup, has to do with the team in the upstate. Uh, Clemson at 8 o'clock on ESPN. They're at Miami. Miami's 10-2, and two, and they're 1-0 in the league. Tigers just one-and-a-half-point favorites down there, but even with that good start for the Hurricanes this year, from a record standpoint, seven of those ten are Q4s at this point in time, not projected in the tournament and really not that close to being projected in the tournament by anybody. They're going to have to prove it in the league if they can. Uh, I know we got to hit a quick timeout, but I do want to add this, too, as it pertains to South Carolina. Notre Dame will play NC State tonight at 9 on the ACC Network. Gamecocks want to see that Irish continue to win games. That obviously helped Carolina, our version of it. The last game that they played was a 22-point victory over Virginia, who is projected in the tournament. So it was a good win uh, for, for Notre Dame. Carolina, the Gamecocks need to continue to watch those guys do things like that. If they, if they can, it'll help in the net rankings. But, Mike, when we return, we're actually going to turn our attention to the weekend and this slate of SEC games. It headlined by our game that we'll be paying the closest attention to South Carolina, Mississippi State, what it could mean with a win, what it could mean with a loss, all those type things. You're very humble and very uh, level-headed about these things. It's the first game of the year in the league, but it does matter. And right now, South Carolina, for the first time in a long time, is in the new year, in the tournament by the analysts, which is crazy to even think about. Nobody had that on their uh, bingo card before the Hmm. season, I can assure you. Uh, Dixie Vodka, of course, is the chief sponsor of the Chief Sports Network. And it goes down great with five-calorie cranberry juice, I might add. Not the sugary stuff, just the five-calorie to make you feel better the next day, along with four ibuprofen. Dixie Vodka, you can find it on the Chief Sports app. Hang tight. The Golden Tones of the great Mike Morgan will be back with us here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. Touchdown, Brewer. Set up a screen, and it goes to Brewer. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Brewer. His second of the day. Pitches it to Brewer. Turns to Hey folks, it's Mike Morgan for Ryan Brewer Fence. That's right, you know the former Gamecock legend as a terrific college football player. Well, I know him as that too. I also know him as the guy that runs a great business, one of the best businesses in South Carolina. How do I know that? Well, for one, I'm actually a client of Ryan's. I had my home in Columbia done years ago, and his crew did an outstanding job just as he does for everybody else. Whether you're in the market for a fence, railings, columns, or anything in between, their craftsmanship, their experience, and service second to none. Ryan Brewer Fence has over 15 years of experience with consultation and installation of residential and commercial fencing and railings. Rest assured, your job will be done 
with an unparalleled level of expertise, and it's done on time, and they do it right the first time. Again, you're not going to do any better than Ryan Brewer, Ryan Brewer Fence. The website is ryanbrewer.net. Set up an appointment today. Tell them Mike sent you. My company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina. And we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product and it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious, it's expectedly delicious. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. From the Summer and Mike Morgan household, bringing us back here at 133 <laughs> on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. So it was great to see your beautiful wife, by the way, too, down on the beach. And Definitely the highlight of this relationship, yeah. Well, and, and what I what I figured, uh, Phil, I was sitting there talking to Summer when we were up on that rooftop or whatever it was. She's more in the know about what's going on in the sports world than he is. Yeah. So yeah. She, was a, she was a scholarship athlete, unlike any of us. Man. Yeah, I was a baseball player. I yeah, no it. surprise there. I mean, you know, yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah, she, 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 she's legit. It's never one of those where, like, honey, can I watch the game? Do you mind? She's like, no, let's watch the game. I'm all yeah, in. That's how it if, should be. If, if it's football, what basketball, time? baseball. Yeah, I can't be married to somebody who doesn't like sports. Come on, I know. <laughs> can't do it. I've had my wife loves sports, of course, but I've. You're really watching that game? I'm like, well, I, I do cover the team i'm gonna have to talk about you to know what happened in the ball game you know there's only one of me out there that i'm aware of the other one that's is right. yeah anyways um that's right by uh, the way somebody asked about the meme i was talking about i don't have time to find it on the internet but you if you google it it's i don't know phil if you can find it maybe i was trying to find it what was it uh it, it's if you like google probably lou holtz uh Ryan Day after bowl loss meme, something like that. Like yeah, there's a couple of them that just popped up on my phone that were friggin' hilarious. It was all over Twitter. It was all over X after Ohio State lost its bowl game. And for those that don't know, Lou made a comment early in the year about Ohio State losing the big games because they're soft. And then Ohio State won a, a big game against Notre Dame. And Ryan Day at the postgame interview felt the need to flex and say, and, you know, and how about you, Lou Holtz? I mean, what he said about our kids is is disgraceful. And, and he just blah, 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 blah. Well, then they lose to Michigan. And then they lose the bowl game, Michigan three years in a row, which you just don't do if you want a job. Just ask John Cooper. And so now <laughs> the, Lou, the Lou Holtz memes are all over the place. And, and they were friggin' hilarious. Yeah. And I'm a fan of the success that Ryan Day has, has had. I think a lot of – I mean, that's just – what you live in at that level. But um, Lou Holtz is like 
whatever you got to say, give me a second. I, uh, it's time for me to polish my national championship trophy, and then when I'm done with that, I'll, we'll, we'll have this conversation again. <laughs> you have one? No, you don't. Okay, I just want to make sure. Um, uh, Mike, uh, this this is this is I'm going to do my best, and and then Monday hopefully not have to clean up the pieces. We'll see. But over the next couple of days, this basketball program at South Carolina deserves some attention. And I get it. You know, fans only want to get on message boards and bitch and moan about which defensive back is leaving and going home to mama's and not coming back. And are we going to sign this guy from Toledo and yada, yada, yada. And then hopefully these kids will actually be here when they play the game next August the 31st. The basketball program is playing a game right now, this coming Saturday against Mississippi State. And it's it's um it has been a long time since there has been this much that has been positive about this program at this time of the year. You used to be the voice of Gamecock basketball. This doesn't happen often around here to where you wow. turn the page, the SEC play starts, and people consider you a part of that thing that they call the dance. It's just your job to stay in the conversation now. Yeah. You don't have to get into it. You have to play well enough to stay in the conversation and give yourself a chance. The last time they danced, they danced all the way to the desert back in 2017. So it is really neat that this is the only SEC game on CBS this week, no matter who calls it and whether Jim Dance walks through the door or not, because he's not. (laughs) But they're on CBS at noon. They kick off the slate that, that day. Kentucky and Florida will follow at 1230 and so on and so forth. Ole Miss and Tennessee. That evening could be a heck of a game up in Thompson Bowling Arena. Uh, and But the Gamecocks, they have – the spotlight is on them. That You talk about – we hear this all the time, right? Let's talk about let's talk about the arena. It's too big. It's too this. There's going to be 15,000, 16,000 people or more in that, in that arena Saturday. Easy. And, and hopefully they get to see Carolina start off 1-0. It's their turn. January's their time to be the the conversation at the University of South Carolina. Well said on all fronts. Um you know, I I kind of hinted at this and I did I didn't want to put this kind of pressure on this team, but uh my first year was the tournament year before the final four and that was that 0304 team. Um and that was a team that was pro- projected near the bottom, which is where this team is. It was a team that didn't have a whole lot of big names. This team does not have a whole lot of big names. Um, at that time, the Dave Odom, people were not exactly sure about that hire. Uh, Lamont Paris took much unjustifiable criticism. Um, there, and I know what a lot of that stems from. A lot of that is the you're, you're chapped about. You think Frank should have hung around for another 10 years? I don't know. Um, but the the fact of the matter is mike i, I got to squeeze some breaking news in here real quick okay uh, and i apologize for that usually you know me i won't do that montario hardesty has been uh relieved of his duties at the university of south carolina according to tony morell with not the big surprised Spur. yeah uh t- tony morell reporting that montario hardesty has been relieved of his duties as a running backs coach for the gamecocks uh, so we will um, we, we'll stay on top of it, and uh, and anything we have to pass along with that news, we will certainly do it. But uh, he is out, yeah. according to Tony Morell at South Carolina. Yeah, I don't think this is going to surprise anybody, right? Um, <laughs> and and you know, we mentioned the LSU 
massive firings on the defensive side of the ball today. Uh, people question the timing of it. I, I mean, what do you accomplish by, by firing him a week ago? I, I don't know much of anything, really. So th- this is not going to be the last, whether it's South Carolina or other schools, that are going to make some changes here in the coming days. So, um, no, yeah, no. Yeah, I think no. the other one that, I mean, look, I know what people are waiting. There, there's a lot of people that want a pound of flesh, as I like to call it, and they want to change a defensive coordinator. The thing is, if you look at the defense, the last couple weeks of the season, that was the highlight, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Clemson didn't have an offensive touchdown, right? I, I, they actually played, once they went to that 3-3-5, actually played, played pretty well. So I don't know if their move is going to be made there. But uh, but there'll be people calling for it regardless. Yeah, I, I've heard a lot on that. Uh, don't know what to believe until you, yeah. you just don't know. You just don't know. Right. And yeah, yeah. I, I and and again, not to interrupt the basketball conversation. We're 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 going to continue to have that. But but I want to. We kind of hit on this uh, earlier. That we you know you wait a whole month plus fans do to see changes when you have a team that's not performed well or a position group that hasn't or whatever it is. But Mike, like you said, when you came on, Phil and I talked about this a little bit before with Hale, this is also a very opportune time for movement for a couple of reasons, right? One contracts expire on December 31. uh, And two other movement is going on. And I, I I'm just assuming this is true. Mike, I'm trying to use common sense here. Coaches do talk to each other, right? Sure. And so they know kind of how things are being, oh, that guy's probably going to be available on January 1. Okay. Well, maybe I'll wait and make a move until then for whatever reason that may be. And uh, I don't know what the reasons are for Shane Bieber. I'm just saying there's more to it than just like you always say, just firing a guy immediately. I I, I pick up the uh, breadcrumbs you're throwing down, Jamie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know where you're, where you're going with that. Um, by the way, Correct me if I'm wrong. Nobody's hired Arnett yet, have they? Uh, no, no. So I not seen any. No. So Arnett is out there. Matt House just got fired. I, I guarantee you, Matt House will have another job as a defensive coordinator at a Power Five school. So power. So will Zach Garnett. So will Zach Arnett certainly. Uh, maybe um, like today. <laughs> uh, yeah, your your dominoes are going to start. The new year has come. Dominoes are going to start falling. So, <laughs> I, I I certainly understand where you're where you're going with all that. Um, but again, the uh, what about the hardest? Yeah, where's Gene Chizik and all this? He was let go by Mac at North Carolina. What, what, what do you? I know you know Gene well, so this might be a little bit of a touchy conversation. No, but, I don't. No, know. not at all. I, I I mean I know him and I and I like him personally, uh, but that wouldn't affect you know, my assessment of it. I like, do you think he still wants to coach or he's pretty good at TV, man. I, I kind I, of enjoy really it good. At TV. I, I, I think Chapel Hill was the ideal situation. I believe he had a son or a daughter going there. So all the, the, the dominoes were lined up for him to get back into it with that job. And for a time, it looked like they were going in the right direction. And then I don't know what happened, but clearly, uh, it, it did not work out toward the end. It was an underachieving defense. It was an underachieving team in Chapel Hill. So, again, if he wants to, he will get another job. 
There's just too much on that resume that somebody would hire him. I just don't know if he wants to go back into it. He doesn't have to. I'm sure he saved his money well, made a lot of money as a head coach, a lengthy career as a coordinator, and I know he lives for his kids. Um, so uh, it's a great question. Would Gene Chizik go back? I don't know. We've got one more break to hit. I'll, I'll throw this in here, too. We'll come back and we'll we'll continue it with the hoops conversation and anything that any of you would like to add to this. Uh, this is what they call a teaser. But remember, the NCAA, and, and if you're a grad, graduate, you can go do whatever you want to do anyways. But the NCAA has also made it available to all these prospects to be able to go a second time. They can transfer for a second time without penalty. Now that Monterio Hardesty has been relieved of his duties at South Carolina, will that affect any of these transfers who have already signed to come to South Carolina? That includes Rocket Sanders, Oscar Attaway from North Texas, Jawan Howard, Jawan Howell from South Carolina State. Uh, will, will that affect Matthew Fuller, the running back who has uh, been signed as part of the 2024 class? I, I I don't know, but the era that we're in with the portal and how free you are to move about, it could. Uh, so anytime there's a coach that's let go, it's fair to ask that question. Can um, I just I'll say let, one thing on that to break? Sure, sure. I yeah. would. It, this would be my algebraic formula: nil money plus playing time greater than running back coach. So I'm not saying it's irrelevant. Yeah. I'm not saying it's irrelevant. I mean, yeah. obviously he's involved in the recruiting process. Relationships are there. All that is relevant, but I don't think it's number one on your average athlete today i think generally it's not but there are cases where where it, it may be sure, um, absolutely so um but yeah I, I would certainly certainly agree with that again the breaking news montario hardesty let go as a running backs coach at south carolina according to re- report a report from tony morrell uh with the big spur uh more on that as the day goes along and uh more on that when we return alongside some hoops to wrap up here our first day back inside the gamecocks the show it's 2024 and it's time to get in shape charleston fitness equipment can help you do just that in mount pleasant the wilkins family big game fans and proud supporters of carolina rise and our programming on the chief sports network but most importantly proud supporters of you getting healthy and staying healthy charlestonfitnessequipment.com find them on the chief sports app and in mount pleasant Happy New Year. Hey, Gamecock fans. Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington and the Target Center, and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta Packs to take tailgating. Get yourself the Three Amigos bundles for tailgating. They make catering easy with a fresh, hot setup. And again, you just call the phone number, 803-543-6297 to set it up. You can also look them up online, or you can even download the app. Salsaritas is just a cut above the rest. That's why they're serving williams Price Stadium and the South Stands, also serving in the Colonial Life Arena. Again, that catering hotline number, make it easy for you and the folks out there. You don't need to settle for sandwiches every time. 803-543-6297. 803-543-6297. 
Rescues and Resin, proud supporters of Carolina Rise. They are also proud partners of the show. They make products you can't get anywhere else. Custom designed wood and resin products that make your tailgate, make your home, or make anything stand out. Order a custom cutting board, coasters, wall art, tables, and more. Contact Dustin and Tabitha at rescuesandresin.com today. Rescuesandresin.com and put your imagination to work. Rescues and Resin, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. It's the uh, final 10, 12 minutes or so here on Inside the Game Cox's show. Expected to have JC back tomorrow for those tuning in wondering where he is. He's sick, like actually sick. Uh, and uh, we're hoping that he'll feel better tomorrow. The breaking news of the day from Carolina, Ontario Hardesty has been relieved of his duties at the University of South Carolina. That was first broken by Tony Morrell of the Big Spur and now up on the website. John has an article that is available. Uh, to be read and will be updated soon. Uh, that would be the great John Whittle. Uh, we probably have him in tomorrow uh, at some point in time with us, as a matter of fact. But that is the breaking news uh, here as we wrap up our day with um, with with Mike Morgan. And I do want to thank our uh, proud sponsors of the Power Hour, of course, Gary Patterson. Gary at GaryPatterson.net, you see the uh, fine pic- – he, he is a, a good-looking guy, I must say, uh, unlike you know some of the other people we've featured in the past. Uh, Gary <laughs> Gary is of State Farm. I kid, I kid. I love him. I kid. Uh, Gary, Gary uh, when he's not officiating college football games, does an outstanding job with – why my mic is going in and out with uh, handling all your insurance needs. He's uh, helped me out for so many years. He's out of Lugolf. Uh, for those of you in the Midlands of South Carolina, he can take good care of you. Just go to the website, GaryPatterson.net. And of course, speaking of uh, people that have the distinguished honor of having a website that says .net, that would include Ryan Brewer, RyanBrewer.net. Uh, when he's not winning MVPs of uh, bowl games, he's running a successful business like Ryan Brewer fence. It's not just fencing. It's also uh, railing, a number of different things that Ryan Brewer and company can do. They can do just about anything and certainly recommend that you check them out. That's ryanbrewer.net and get yourself a free estimate. They do outstanding. I can't say this enough. They do outstanding work. They get it done on time and they get it done priced properly. So I say that from experience as well. So many of our, our sponsors are not just people we talk about, they're people that we use, and uh, and we use with a lot of pride and good vibes that we want to pass along to you. So that's Gary Patterson and Ryan Brewer, proud sponsors of the Power Hour. That's a, it's, a, it's absolutely a, not only a fair point, uh, but a but a great point. Countdown is on, by the way, till Gamecock baseball throws the first pitch at Founders Park, forty four 
days away from that for those that were wondering. Uh, Mike, Mike will be with you're you're back tomorrow, right, Mike? Yes, yeah. you're back tomorrow, and then you'll travel for the weekend. Um, but um, uh, we, of course, will have plenty on basketball tomorrow. The uh, net rankings uh, with uh, Mississippi State and South Carolina Gamecocks at 44, Bulldogs at 35. Again, Mike, that is just how big that ball game is. In addition to the fact that it leads off the slate this coming weekend, and then you just have some tremendous matchups. I mean. You know all about this. Six-ranked Kentucky on the road at Florida. Be careful, Wildcats. You got Ole Miss undefeated. Looking to stay that way, but they got to go to the Thompson Bowling to do it Saturday night. Uh, you got Alabama at 8-5. and five. Don't, get, don't get deceived by that record. They've played the best teams in college basketball. Vanderbilt's looking to jumpstart themselves. I, we'll see. Uh, Auburn and Arkansas is Saturday after. I mean, it, it's a hell of a slate. And I uh, really can't wait to watch it all. I think Ole, Ole Miss Tennessee is sneaky, sneaky good. I think yeah. Ole Miss. Uh, uh, I've got Tennessee uh, at Mississippi State next week, and be very curious of that matchup. Just a quick scout on Mississippi State. They will try and make the game ugly. Uh, Chris Jans uh, is a really good defensive-minded basketball coach who will do everything in his power to take you out of what you do well. Uh, so, you know, the guards and Cooper and Johnson, we know that this team very often goes as they go and they will do their best to take them out of their rhythm and out of the offense. Uh, but points will be at a premium. This is, this is a team that very often will hold its opponents to like under 65 points. So it's, it's not going to be easy to get like 70, 72 against this state defense. Uh, and now they've got a healthy Tolu Smith who's one of the best big men in the SEC, he protects the rim. He rebounds well. Something to keep an eye out on. What's the little kid's name that plays football? The wide receiver who burnt the Gamecocks this year, uh, like four catches for nine thousand sixty-two <laughs> yards. For for who? For the for Mississippi State. What was his name? The wide receiver for Mississippi State. Yeah. Oh the, oh, oh 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 yeah. Who had the? Oh, that was the game Griffin? of his life. Yeah, what was his name? Wasn't it yeah. Tulu was, or uh, Griffin? Right, Tulu Griffin. Yeah, yeah. Two, yeah two, so you got a Tulu and a Tolu. I mean, what's going on over there? Uh, Tolu Smith, not related to Tulu Griffin. But... Okay, all right. <laughs> Tolo, Tolo and a Tulu. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I'm like, well, now wait a second here. We got you know, when you're, when you're in trouble is when you have a Tutalu. That's 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 not a very tough name. <laughs> That's typically – that's where you get the reputation as being soft, when your name is Tootaloo. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, Tootaloo got... Johnson on the reception. Tootaloo. Yeah. Tootaloo. Yeah. Tootaloo. That's uh... – anyways, I won't I... – But one other thing on the Gamecock uh, opener, and we'll, we'll talk about it more tomorrow, and I'm sure we'll talk more about uh, coaching staff firings in uh, football, but – the um, if you look at the games after Mississippi State, it's concerning. Protect your home court and win this game. Uh, it, it's I don't want to say it's imperative, but it would be very nice to do that. Be very nice to do that. Yeah, to Mike's point, uh, the the very next game they play is on Tuesday night in Tuscaloosa. Uh, and then they got to go to Missouri after that, and then they come home against Georgia, and then they got to go to Arkansas, and then they got Kentucky. I mean, it's 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 unforgiving, 
Uh, and I'll be honest with you, Mike. When you look at that, when you look at that three-game set there, a three and th- or that six-game set, a three-and-three three record would be very, very good um, for Gamecock basketball. And five hundred in the SEC, they're will likely. Well, you're getting into the tournament with a twelve-and-one yeah. non-con, potentially right. two quad-one wins. Yeah, hundred percent agree with that. I, I said that to somebody else the other day, and they they disagreed. I said no way, uh, not not this year. Uh, this isn't that year. This isn't 2016. This is 2024. Yeah, no, I I know the conversation you speak of because we got into it about. Uh, I, I oh, that was pe- with. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've got people trying to convince me Josh Gray is going to be an NBA player, and I'm just like, I don't know what you're looking at. But, um, but nevertheless, uh, yeah, it, not all years are the same, and every team has got a few cupcakes on it. So to focus on that and then ignore. The you got four matchups against high majors. Three of them, three of them are wins. The other mm-hmm. one is a road loss to a team that's in the top twenty, if not the top ten, in Clemson. I know it's weird to pull for Clemson in anything, but you actually do want Clemson to be good throughout the year uh, to make that a quad one loss. But yeah, I mean the res it's not the strongest, but it's strong enough if you if you have a good season in the SEC. So I, I'm with you if you went. Nine and nine, win a game or two in the SEC tournament. Now you're looking at like twenty three wins plus. You're in. You're you're, in. you're, yeah. you're in the field. Yeah, yeah. But that's I, not going to be easy. I, I don't mean to imply that this team is a, a lock to go five hundred or better in conference play. It's not. Excuse me. It's not. It's going to be really like you mentioned Alabama, and you you were very astute in pointing out. Don't be fooled by that record. They have played a murderer's row non-con schedule with a bunch of new players. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to play Alabama in mid to late January, whenever that game is. That's going to be a really tough game. Okay. And then there's just brutal games left on the schedule all over the place. But everybody's yeah. got to play it. Everybody's got to go through the same gauntlet. Yeah, it's uh there's n- it's not going to be any easier for anybody else. And um and that's it just is what it is. So that's why I'm saying nine and nine uh, if you win nine games, Mike, you've beaten not just somebody, but somebody's who are in the tournament. Uh, right. you, you've got an, it by virtue of doing that, you're, you're going to have multiple quad one and quad two victories. And, uh, the, in Carolina right now, they've got two of those two and one. So, you know, they end up getting to, I mean, honestly, if they have nine wins, maybe, Maybe one of those might not be a quad one or quad two, but literally most of them will be. That's so, right. So, you know, it, it's uh, that's going to stack up pretty quick. Uh, no no doubt about it. I think the only team in danger of not being in that category would be Vanderbilt right Vanderbilt. now. Yeah. But every everybody else, like you're going to you're going to hit you're going to hit your numbers. Yeah. So, it at this point, like the good news is the conference rank is 2. It, that's not going to fluctuate because every conference does what they play each other the rest of the way. You just yeah. beat each other up. So what you do in November, December as a league is really important because you don't get a chance to enhance that resume once conference play starts in the new year. Yeah. So it kind of is what it is. You're, you're in that two hole. That's not a bad place to be. Say this. I'll say it differently. Don't, don't, don't lose to Vanderbilt. <laughs> that would not be good. Where is that game? Is that uh, or is that in Columbia? No, it's at home. Okay, don't lose that game. 
That's the other thing, like their road schedule, man. Bama, Missouri, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, Auburn, Ole Miss, A&M, Mississippi State. Those are all quad one opportunities. Maybe yeah, maybe this, with the exception of one. Missouri, not what they were last year, but still no. dangerous. Yeah. But every Georgia, one of those other ones, top, yeah, they're all quad Georgia, one. much better. Georgia, Ole Miss, South Carolina, most improved teams in the league. Well, Mike, we're going to do this again tomorrow. Again, look forward you, uh, to it, guys. If you're Great just back. tuning in, you're two hours and fifty nine minutes late. Shame on you. But you can watch it. But don't worry, later. that's right. That's it's right. the beauty of our technology here on uh, yeah. the Chief Empire and the ITG program. Mm-hmm. Ontario Hardesty is the breaking news of the day. He is and relieved of his duties, according to our friend Tony Morell at BigSpur.com. You can read about it by going to the Big Spur, if you remember. They also have a free article up by John Whittle. Get more into that tomorrow. JC will be back. We look forward to it. Thanks to Hale McGranahan for joining us earlier. Great to see all of you again. Happy New Year. And uh, we love being back with the Golden Tones and Mad Dog as well. For both of those gentlemen, I'm JV. We'll see you tomorrow at 11 on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. <laughs>